0: Joe Rogan Podcast, check it out. The Joe Rogan Experience.
1: Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day.
2: Young Anthony
3: Cumia, <laughs> my friend, good to see you. Everyone calls me that, Young that, Anthony Cumia. Well, he's
1: young Jamie, so you must be young Anthony. Dude, huh. uh, there is not a fucking show on earth that inspired me to do a podcast more than Opie and Anthony.
3: That I, is a fact. I love hearing that. A and, you know, uh, uh, to be a part of the, the cycle that you went through in your head to build this empire that
1: you now have, uh, I'm honored. It's 100% true. And it's not just that. It's also you when you were doing live from the compound, when you were doing oh, it yeah. from your house in the basement with a machine gun singing karaoke <laughs>
3: hobby. with a yeah. green
1: screen behind you. I was like, he's having so much fun. Jamie, do we have a bottle opener? <laughs> this, this is, I thought this was a regular one. Is it?
3: I can open a bottle with anything, by the way.
1: I can open with a lighter. I can do that.
3: Yeah, lighter. My dad taught me with a a belt buckle when I was out in California, um, learning to be a man under my father's tutelage.
1: This is from Phil's buddy. What was Phil's buddy's name? The guy that, uh, Phil Demers? His buddy who's like a big time beer freak. This is, you got to try some of this. It's very interesting. It's beer, but it does not taste like regular beer, but it's very good. And I'm a, I slum it all the time with just uh, buds. I'm, yeah, I mean, uh, people are like, oh, Budweiser. It's like, nothing
3: better. You could pound a case of buds sitting by, out by the pool. Got, but then occasionally, cheers. Try something else. Cheers, cheers Joe. Good to see Thank you. Good to friend. be in
1: Austin. Good to be here. Mm. Mm. Weird, right? Definitely like, a lemony thing yeah, going on. It's got a lemon on the cover. A lot of lemon, wow. It's called Foos. This really pinches the back of your tongue. Yeah, it says wheat beer with peaches. Oh, it's a peach. Oh, there's a, a lemon. peach in
3: there, too? It looks like a lemon. It tastes like a lemon.
1: I guess it looks like a heart with a leaf.
3: That ain't bad. Anyway, good stuff. Yeah. yeah. I can't so- imagine. I always have to think, whatever I'm putting in me, alcohol-wise, what'll that taste like coming out? Uh, and this would probably hurt. A lot of heartburn.
1: <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah. If you were throwing it up? If you're throwing it up. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it'd be pretty smooth. It's not that bad. Shouldn't you not
3: throw up from drinking after, like, 40
1: you shouldn't, but you're probably going to occasionally. It's, mm. It comes with the territory. It depends on heart, yeah. how deep you go.
3: Yeah, yeah. You're not going as deep as you are in your 20s.
1: Sometimes you want to throw up, right? Sometimes you get back oh, to your yeah. house and you're just like, let yeah. me just get this out of me. You do the finger thing. <laughs> <laughs> just so you feel better. Just so you can sleep. It, and it's, it's funny if you got a girl in the
3: house, you have to, uh, you think you're being quiet, but there's no being quiet. When you're especially that dry heave <laughs> sound that
1: Wah! into an echo chamber, yeah, like yeah, a porcelain it's echo. A, it's like the old Victrola speaker yeah. is just pumping out your groans. So we were talking before <laughs> this uh, podcast started that you, when you left Opie and Anthony, you went and decided to do your own thing behind a paywall. Yeah. So you're you're like in this position. You're sort of uncancelable. There's you don't have all the trappings. That everybody else has in terms of like sponsors and yeah. people coming after you you just have subscribers
3: yeah this was a, a conscious decision because uh i saw it coming a while ago the uh what they call cancel culture well you guys get
1: hit with it first yeah out of all the people that i've ever heard of because when you guys had that homeless person on who said he wanted to what do you say, you want to rape Condoleezza Rice? Condoleezza
3: Rice and the Queen of England and yeah. the First Lady. I, I gotta I gotta say something about that though. We had just gotten to satellite radio from FM radio. Yeah. And to us this was like, all right, it opens up a whole new world of what we can do. So I thought what what better place to just showcase a homeless person. Let's see what rantings and ramblings come out of a homeless person's mind. So bring him up in the studio, put him in front of a mic and let him go off. It's satellite, no FCC rules and regs. And the guy starts talking about crazy stuff and and raping political figures and uh, the queen of England. And we think it's hilarious because you're getting that insight, you're getting into the mind of a, a crazy homeless guy on the street. And it, the shit hits the fan. Oh my God, Condoleezza Rice that brings the sex thing in and the race thing and all that. And they lost their mind. And we were like, Oh shit, we're getting fired again. Like we're gonna get what, fired for this.
1: What? What happened? You didn't get fired, but you guys no. got suspended for
3: yeah for how long? We got suspended for uh, I think it was a month. I think that was a month suspension from satellite radio, but we Mm. were still at K-Rock in New York doing that show in the morning, because we used to do both.
1: Yeah, we used to go across with the microphones. I did that with you guys. (laughs) We did the walkover. We would do terrestrial, and then we would broadcast live as we were walking down New York City with mics and comics, and we would go to the other studio.
3: Yeah, we would do things uh, occasionally, like Rich Voss would go into a diner or something Mm -hmm. and just start doing stand-up in front of the customers. Was hilarious.
1: Cringe standup. Cringe
3: standup. <laughs> These people don't know what's happening, and stupid big club soda Kenny would announce them, ladies and gentlemen. They're looking like they're you know exactly. it's gonna be like a mass shooting is gonna start, and uh, it was
1: hilarious. You guys were the birth of podcasts. It was a podcast
3: on the radio. Yeah, we didn't know it at the time. We didn't know what
1: nobody a knew what a podcast, podcast was. was.
3: But it was bunch of guys that you find funny, you like hanging out with, yeah. talking about anything. And that seems to be what the formula is, yeah.
1: You guys figured it out first, because every other radio show that I did, like if I did Stern or anything else you did, it was very formatted. Regimented, yeah, yeah, time. Like he had some things you want to talk, he wanted to talk to me about Fear Factor, he wanted to talk to me about the UFC, he had questions about this. and. You know, it's always like, and then you have a call in, and then you have celebrity guests, and he he had it all like very smooth. You guys would just bring a bunch of people in, yeah. and then Patrice would start talking, and Burr would start talking, uh, and Ari would start talking, and it was just chaos.
3: Dude. And we were all we're ha- just having fun. Just having fun. Yeah. When, when you have a room of those guys nick de and patrice god rest his soul and bill burr norton uh all these guys colin quinn they're all in a room you can't lose like like as people will hear it and say holy shit that was one of the funniest shows and it's like what show the opian anthony show so people remember the name of the show yeah but all these other guys are delivering this amazing funny comedy Uh, So it worked that way, and we we embraced that and just started bringing these comics uh, back on in different combinations, because you know better than anyone, some of the funniest stuff you'll ever hear are guys shitting on each other. Yeah. And, and and when someone was in, we called it being in the barrel, you know, you, and that could consist of wearing a shirt. You come in wearing a shirt and Patrice goes, what the fuck? What
2: kind of shirt is that you wear? What
3: the, where the fuck you get? And now everyone's on your shirt. Yes. Now you're sitting there going, you're looking at all the comics going, what can I use to get this off me? <laughs> so you'd have to shit on Voss's teeth or, right. you know. Always. So, so it was this constant battle to get the shit off of you and it was funny
1: every fucking time. And you guys were so great at letting the comics just go wild and not put any restrictions on anybody and not try to control the conversation, just let it have fun, just let it breathe.
3: a lot of shows, a lot of hosts,
1: and this is something you
3: do that is fantastic and rare in the business let your guests talk let them, and if you have a guest a room full of guests, let them have fun if if you hear funny shit going on, a lot of people their ego gets in the way Yeah. and they feel, hey it's my show, my name's on the marquee I have to jump in and say something if something funny's happening back off, leave yeah. it the fuck alone it's, it's going to be great people are going to love it and they're going to go oh that was on the Opie and Anthony yeah. show so it doesn't really matter who's saying it
1: you yeah, you guys had figured it out. It really yeah. is the birth of podcast, and I, I learned a lot from doing that show. And I also learned that I wanted to do it because I yeah, when I would do your show, I was like, God, I want to do a show like this. I want to do something like this because it was it was you know when I did regular radio, if I did t- on tour, I would say, Oh, that may be fun to do a regular radio show, but then I would be like. They will never hire me. I will say something <laughs> stupid. I'll get fired. This is yeah. not going to work out for me. But I do your show, and I'd be like, huh. I'd be like, this is this. Is my, I, can, I no, think I can do this. I think I can I think do. I think I can do this.
3: I was paranoid because I never went to school for radio. I was in construction for until my early to mid-30s, dude. Yeah. I got into radio late, and my impression was always, if I didn't know the alloy of the metal in the transmitter antenna, there's no way you're getting into radio. Like, I thought you had to know all this shit that they taught you in radio school. And the fact of the matter was, these jocks were constantly looking for somebody that was entertaining. Yeah. Like, you never reali- I never realized how, how uh, desperate a lot of these jocks are for somebody that could make people laugh. Uh, and well, someone that, with varied I got
1: interest in. too. Someone who was right. interesting who could yeah, talk yeah. about different things. Talk about a lot of different yeah.
3: things. You know, sometimes you gotta talk out your ass, like you almost kind of know what it's about yeah, <laughs> for sure.
1: But this, this the other thing about like what you guys did was you created a safe place for men. Mm. Like, where you could just be a fucking idiot. One of the last
3: bastions but of- that's
1: the thing. It's yeah. like, there's a lot of men out there, but there's not a lot of entertainment that's geared towards men. And yeah. one of the things that comes up on my podcast when the advertising people get to talk and they're like, Jesus Christ, he's got like 94% men. Like, what is going on here? This is crazy. I'm like, they're not represented. They're not- yeah. Men are not represented. It's like- I don't know what the number is of regular television but it's not geared towards men. No, not at all. It's there's some there's like the talk and the view and there's a lot of these shows that are geared towards women, mm-hmm. but it turns like a man show, you can't have a, like a male oriented show on network television. It would be toxic. It's a personal affront to yeah.
3: feminism and yeah. women and regardless, it's just men being men. I don't this know where is this is weird, right? I don't know where this idea came from that Uh, In the past even couple of decades, which, you know, relative to uh, a tortoise or a mayfly, you know, it, it, it varies how long a period of time that is. But in that period of time, we as humans were supposed to have physically and mentally evolved to this point where men don't still want to talk about tits and cars and lifestyle stuff and guns. bash each other guns of course like we i think there are people that actually think we we have evolved out of that
1: you know instead why because of being there's a lot of brainwashed men, a lot of men that are hen-packed and they work yeah. in some terrible job where human resources is breathing down their neck uh. and they have neutered themselves and they put themselves in this position of like this sort of like non-man and yes. then Non man, yeah, and then because of that, they they chastise other free men. Like, look at this. This is toxic masculinity in its finest form. And they say all these crazy things. Like, you like, can't be. You're, you're not free. It doesn't. And it's also equated somehow or another with cruelty, with being a bad person, yeah, with being a shitty person, just by joking around or doing the things that we like to talk t- talking about the things that we like to talk about.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I hear punching down a lot. Is yeah. a bad thing. That was and, your whole show. Uh, yeah, that yeah. was the entire show, <laughs> the entire twenty-year history of the Opie and Anthony show. There was never a punch that got past the one hundred and eighty-degree yeah. mark. You, do,
1: you guys don't get enough credit. I really, I really say, I say it every time I can that you were the inspiration for podcasts, without a doubt.
3: It really is for what I, I think for what Howard did for the the shock jock genre in radio. We kind of were right at that precipice of, of radio and podcast uh, yes. when when that happened, and I think what we were doing was better suited to a podcast than it was a radio show. Yeah,
1: I think so uh, too. But it was a great radio show. Yeah, too, though. but it
3: was a great radio show. It's just th- Absolutely. the problem
1: is the suits. Yeah, the problem was not the content. Always. The problem was the suits. The problem is people go, hey, 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 you can't. This is oh. not like. Meanwhile, did you just see what happened? Everyone was crying, laughing. That's yeah. entertainment. Yeah, that's what they
3: want. It it got to a point where early on, even when I got in, which was, again, late in the game, but early on in the 80s and 90s, all they gave a shit about were ratings. If you had ratings and you did something stupid, you'd get this uh, slap on the wrist in public and behind the door with the GM and the PD and all the other management people, they'd be like, oh, my God, that was great. Great job. Oh, look take off a week paid we'll say you're suspended and that's it they really did this and we we went through a few of those and and it turned into they really did get mad and they really started <laughs> suspending you without pay and firing you and these were these suits like you say that just didn't understand the talent end of the business anymore and, and when radio stations were owned by uh, mom-and-pop operations. We we were at WAAF up in uh, Massachusetts, and it was owned by Zappis Communications. I met Zappis. I met the guy. Uh, when we went to Infinity Broadcasting, there was no Mr. Infinity. There was <laughs> Mel Carmazan and there was all the suits from CBS. It got big. It got real big. And CBS has affiliates, and they also deal in laundry detergent with this t- subsidiary. Uh. And, like, you say something... And baby diapers don't sell. Like, that's when it got really fucked up and personalities weren't able to do what they do anymore because now you're fucking up their sales in the burger industry. And, you know, Zappos owned a fucking radio station. Yeah. And he loved when his radio station got ratings. That was all there was to it. Now, it's all a conglomerate of bullshit
1: as things get big, they get when they get bigger, things generally get more complicated, and you lose any freedom, you lose any of the magic. <clears throat> One of the best yep. things that happen with this podcast, like in in this weird journey from doing it in my uh, my spare bedroom to doing it in a weird studio <laughs> to, to all the way to Spotify, is this is the fucking show. Yeah. There's, it's a skeleton crew, and there's some people behind. They're like, I have a manager, and then there's some people that like argue with her. And <laughs> yeah. I don't pay attention. I go, "We all right? We good? I don't, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not listening. So I'm <laughs> never involved in meetings. I don't. I don't have any conversations with advertisers. I have no conversations with suits. Spotify has <laughs> never said a goddamn thing to me. They're amazing. Isn't that great? They're fucking great. They don't say shit. And I tested it too. Like when I brought Alex Jones on, yes, I was like, "Let's see, let's see. You guys talk a lot of shit. Let's see. Fluoride,
3: fluoride turns the frogs gay.
1: Yeah. Well, and you're like, was, oh, okay. It wasn't wasn't fluoride. No, I it's think fluoride. Some other stuff. It might be something else. It's well, it's the phthalates. Well, whatever right? it
3: is, it's uh, obviously the globalists.
1: Yeah. Well, dude, I we, love that guy. That fucking guy is right way more than he's wrong. Oh my god. yes. Way more, especially now when when yeah. people are talking about actual microchips being injected into your arm to see if you have COVID-19. He's like, I fucking told you, Joe Rogan. It sounded like, preposterous
3: yeah. years ago when he was saying a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And as it all starts coming to fruition, you're like, wait, Alex Jones had it? Yeah. He was the guy that was saying all this. But then other people have said he's thrown so much shit against the wall. Something's got to stick.
1: That's true, too. <laughs> but- That's true, too. But I think it's like, <laughs> honestly, he's right 80% of the oh, time. yeah,
3: Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I adore the guy. I, I I sit in uh, for his show. I was doing every Thursday, I would do the last hour of his show. I'd do a crossover with him, and then I had the InfoWars logo behind me, and dun, I would do his dun, show, and it was dun, great. Dun, dun, dun,
1: dun. It was fantastic. Yeah, I, I love the
3: guy. Recently. He's another guy that just has been
1: canceled yeah. and has to just keep chugging along. Tell you what, though. They have removed him from all social media and all oh. that stuff, but he's still he's doing great. Like, oh, my God. His subscribers are very high, and- his studio is uh, two miles from here. I, Dude, I've and, done his show. We got hammered. And oh, high I know. And I've seen. Ridiculous. Talked I've about seen. interdimensional beings. and <laughs>
3: Interdimensional beings. I being. love the
1: guy. Uh, when people, I
3: see a video, if, if I see someone sends me a video, and I see Alex Jones peeking out of the top of that armored vehicle with a
1: bullhorn, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I am fucking watching this. That, I've been to that that armored thing. That He's got armored. that thing out there. He goes, yeah, we got this just in case it's protest. Sometimes we go to a place and Antifa wants to come after us. We just hide in this thing. It's hilarious. <laughs>
3: like, I, I I think what uh, mainstream media and, you know, the the people, the powers that be, they have so many names in their yeah. dark little corners. Uh, they discredit people. That's a job. Yes. Is to discredit people. To put things out there, a preemptive strike of... Uh, An idea or an opinion or a theory so that when someone says it people already go oh no I heard that's bullshit already like like, and and that's a job that's a government agency and a job that purposefully discredits people that are getting a
1: little too close to what's real well also how about ideas like here's a big one the idea that this virus came from a lab in Wuhan Mm-hmm. That was so discredited. Like there was a an article in one of them liberal rags is like jo- Joe Rogan promotes harmful lie about you know Wuhan lab being the source of this virus. Like no, it is most likely most the source likely. of the virus. Sure, they don't know exactly, but. There's no transitionary animal. There's no animal that they can they show it jumped from this to this no, so to humans. quickly and it's also, so
3: efficiently. Yeah. So, I mean,
1: you saw Rand Paul talking to Fauci oh, about great. it. That's great. The gain-of-function research conversation yes, the other day. Yes,
3: I love Rand Paul. And
1: the fact that he, he got him to sort of skirt around the truth. Yeah. The way he was addressing those things. Yes. And he's like, look, you you do fund that. You fund it right here in America. By the way,
3: Dr. Rand Paul. Yes,
1: that's why that's why. Which is helps.
3: a huge issue. Yeah. They hate that it's Dr. Rand Paul.
1: Uh, And and that he actually knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's talking about. He can argue the points of, he understands what gain-of-function research actually is. Yeah. And he knows who the people, the players involved are. He knows the the different organizations that are involved. Yeah. Yeah. There
3: are a few Mm -hmm. of these politicians that really do, either they are so good at bullshitting the public, or there's a few that really do seem... To be behind the people and what they need and what they want and know how to talk about it. I know one of the one of the rising stars and he's been in the business for years is Ted Cruz here in Texas. Ted has come out after the Trump thing from going from this guy that people went, ah, Ted Cruz. Now he's like tough guy. He gets up there. He starts uh, interrogating these people.
1: When he was talking to them about censorship.
3: Yes. In, in, yes.
1: It was very good. He it was. was very good at that. Now,
3: do you think he's sincere, or did he find a new act? It's (laughs) a
1: hard sell. Yeah. Because he got busted going to Cancun, and he said, I wasn't really going to Cancun. I was just going to come right back, but it turned out his ticket. His ticket was like for five days later, and he's like, well, (laughs) I'm back. But meanwhile, you know, hes you can be good sometimes you can be Mm. right about a lot of things and I think that's what he is he's right about a lot of things Rand Paul I agree with way more than I think any other politician has been talking about this issue in specific and he seems very sincere yeah
3: in what he's saying.
1: When he talked to Fauci, he's like, why do you have two masks on? You've been vaccinated, yeah. isn't this theater? Isn't this theater? And you see Fauci going, I don't, this motherfucker's getting <laughs> me right not now. not supposed he to got say me. this. Yeah, because that is what it is. you know. Yeah. And Rand is also a guy who had COVID, you know? Yep. The only thing I wanna know why his neighbor attacked him before I fully get behind him.
3: <laughs> isn't that weird? There was no real answer. To why his neighbor almost
1: killed him I know, broke his lung yeah uh, tackled him snapped his rib I mean what the fuck was going on yeah, there? what did you say uh, to your neighbor yeah there were two sides to everything yeah. I, I yeah. don't know I would like to know both sides isn't you know obviously his neighbor's wacky because he attacked him from behind and tackled him and you know Jesus yeah Christ. any
3: of those any of those neighbor wars are uh <laughs> always hilarious yeah I remember uh Brewer would tell a story years ago about the pizza guy that lived near him, and it's a great story. It's way too long to even kind of amend here and, and tell you, but he was a mental patient, oh. and Brewer had to deal with him. And you know, Brewer, he's you know, he's not really into a conflict like that. Uh, but it's funny. But I, I I love those, especially now with the cameras everywhere. Like that's a cameras being everywhere has changed our society. Um, And again, I I don't know, for the good, like social media is terrible. I've said for years it's one of the worst things that have happened to to us as a people. Uh, Maybe we shouldn't be able to share so many ideas with each other. But cameras, have you noticed every crime that happens, they got eight different angles on it now? It's weird. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's anywhere you can go to kill someone anymore with that, unless you know, you're in a national park somewhere. But even then, you don't
1: know. You were saying they caught that guy that uh, did the mass shooting in Times Square? Yeah,
3: yeah, they got that guy. They got
1: him on camera, right? A bunch on of different camera, security cameras.
3: had... You know, and and you'd think, like, these aren't good people that you look at the picture and go, oh, I know who that is, but I'm going to keep it cool. Like, people are like, oh, yeah, I'm turning this guy in. So it's very hard to not get caught. And then he flees down to Florida, which has no mask rules wouldn't you want to be where everyone can only yeah. see half their face?
1: Yeah, you'd want to go to and, and LA. they didn't
3: defund the police. Like yeah. that's the worst place you could go. Is, is they Florida. actually
1: refunded the police? They they yes. extra funded the police.
3: Extra funded. He gave yeah. bonuses yeah. out. Yeah, uh, Santorum gave, gave bonuses out. DeSantis. Uh, DeSantis. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah. DeSantis. Santorum.
1: He could be the president.
3: He really could. People are getting on board here. He's got a sane Trump vibe, like he's signing things in front of the press. He'll hold it up
1: like Trump did. I don't think he's a Trump vibe at all because he's not bamboisterous. Is that a word? It should be. It should be. It's not. Right <laughs> It what I'm describes I'm like, I Trump. I don't know if that's a word. It seems like it should
3: be. But it's but. more of that in-your-face, yeah. unapologetic He's part. unapologetic,
1: but he's actually yeah. rational and calm. Yeah, yeah. And even when he talked about opening up Florida and everybody was criticizing him, he did it on a chart and he showed, we're going to protect our vulnerable, we're gonna, and he, did, he says it calm and it's like an even keel when he has a the conversation. There's yeah. no crazy, there's no crazy spikes. <laughs> You, know? you don't like the crazy spice. <laughs> <laughs> well, they get they get people a little nervous. Dude,
3: I was just as and it's weird because I really can't separate sometimes the entertainer.
1: Yeah. Pardon everyone charged for defying COVID rules. Wow, he's going to uh, pardon uh, everyone. Well, uh, uh, a lot of people weird. are going to move to Florida. If yeah. is it retroactive? If you get busted in New York and you go to Florida. And they'll let you off the hook? <laughs> yeah, sure. Like just, the guy who owns the Justin, gym?
3: Justin Florida. That poor bastard. Justin Florida? Yeah, late yeah. Late oh my late God. Late God late the guy just, owns the gym in New Jersey? They boarded yeah. it up, and he's yeah. got to bust it down, and then the cops show up. And I can't imagine these cops want to do this.
1: No. It's um, the health department. They, yeah, they want to yeah. reinforce this idea that they're in control, and then it's yep. a game. Because once they're in control, then you violate that. Especially gyms. They're that literally yeah. the healthiest fucking place on earth. <laughs> yes. It's like where people actually go to get healthy. You're preventing them from, you're keeping them from the one thing that's been statistically proven to aid your immune system. Right. Other than vitamins. Exercise. Exercise. Yeah.
3: It's, it, it. None of it makes sense. No one that goes to a gym is in the, the, the dangerous demo. No. No. Uh, so, and if you yeah. are,
1: you're trying to get out of that demo. Yeah, you're you're in the gym because you're trying to get out of the obesity demo.
3: Yeah, yeah. Doesn't doesn't anyone see when you think of the beginning of this whole thing? And it was uh, the flatten the curve thing. Mm-hmm. The flatten the curve thing was completely based on hey, we know everyone's eventually going to get this. Yeah, We just need to spread out the time of everyone getting it so we don't get overwhelmed with emergency care and the hospitals and ventilators yes. and whatnot. And that makes sense. I could get it. You get this huge spike and then it goes away. You want to spread it out. But when did it turn into, well, no, now we're on the no one can ever get it ever, ever, and we need to keep you from touching each other or being in a sports complex or eating dinner. Like That was never supposed to be part of it. It was yeah. supposed we were supposed to get this as healthy people getting a flu protect the elderly protect the pre-existing conditions uh, people with asthma or other or other other problems when, when did it turn into hey you want to see a yankee game well, you got to have your phone with a code on it now, and I'm not kidding. I watched this yeah. piece about this guy. It was a NBC news piece. This guy goes to Yankee Stadium. He's going to show you what it takes to go to a Yankee game. And he's like all these steps. He needed to put his info into a government site to pop a code up on his phone. To give to someone with his results, his medical results, to some guy standing in front of Yankee Stadium, taking his temperature, clicking that, and then he goes, and social distancing, and wearing a mask, and then they show him in the seats, and he goes, and you're in. Like, what? There was a big, complex thing. Here's how you're supposed to go to the game. Hey, uh, Bobby, I got a ticket to the Yankee game. You want to go? Okay, cool. Meet me at the subway. There.
1: You're in. Simple as that. I think originally they thought that the virus would burn out if everybody stayed home. They thought whoever got it would get over it and then we would go back out and no one would infect anybody. Yeah. That was a thought. So it wasn't just that everybody was going to get it, we're going to flatten the curve. The idea was like, let the virus burn out because no one's going to reinfect anybody. But how long was that supposed
3: to take? No one at the beginning was told, hey, Guess what? In over a year, you're still going to be
1: dealing yeah, with this bullshit. No, they thought it was two weeks. They two, weeks. two weeks? Right, two weeks to it. flatten the curve. But you know what it's like? It's like a lot of what Jordan Peterson talked about when he was mm. talking about rules in Canada, that they were trying to enforce rules and uh, for uh, required speech, Uh and that when you would would do this, he's like, There's a real problem with doing this. If you have compelled speech laws, he's like Because yeah. then it, they keep pushing it further and further and further. Like you have to have freedom of speech and it has to be steadfast. It's gotta be absolute, right? It has to be absolute. Because even people go, Well, freedom of speech is not that important. Oh my god, man, it's so fucking the important. Utmost. Because <laughs> if, if you if you alter it a little bit, then it leaves wiggle room to continue moving it yep. left and right, depending on who's in power. Mm-hmm. It can go really far left or really far right because it turns out it's not really about what's right or what's wrong it's about who is in power and yeah. what they believe and what ideology they're supporting and that's what you're seeing right now with these social media platforms that have this ability to just decide what the narrative is yep. and block people from doing things i the- talked about this in the podcast i tried to share a, a video with a friend where there was a doctor talking about ivermectin and I was like, you know, because this friend of mine, he, he knows a lot. He's a very smart guy. And I said, hey, is this true? Is this doctor saying that ivermectin cures 99% of the people's 99 uh, effective treatment of COVID, particularly if you catch it quickly? I'm like, is <laughs> yeah. this so I tried to send it to him in a DM, and it wouldn't send.
3: Oh, my God. It, it wouldn't, wouldn't even send. send.
1: It would not send. So I'm like, maybe, I, maybe my connection fucked up. Let me try it again. And, I, and I, then I sent him a message. For some reason, it's not sending. The message goes through. That message goes through. I okay, said, so let me try to send it again, try to send it again. No, it wouldn't send. I'm like, oh my God, give me your email address. So I, I had to get his email shit. address. He gave me his email address. I sent it to him three. So email. there's an algorithm that's finding these words? Exactly. It's not words. It's a specific video. It's a specific Oh, a link. video itself. Okay. Yeah. So it was All a right. link to this video itself. Someone had reported it or it had been deemed not worthy for sharing, but it's a doctor. It's an actual medical that doctor who treats matter. patients, who's discussing yeah. why ivermectin works, the, the effectiveness of ivermectin, and all of his success that he's had with his clients. But Wrong what, science. What he was saying, though, that what, which, where it gets disturbing, he was saying that the reason why this is not, so controversial is because it, you can't fund vaccines when there's a, an effective treatment. Mm-hmm. It's like then there's no, there's no incentive. Right. And I don't know if that's why I think more likely there's people that are that are in social media that are doing these that are in charge of what they censor and not censor. they think they're doing the right thing in their eyes, they're stopping people from promoting harmful but, propaganda and misinformation.
3: but isn't that um you know you could go back to the classic. there were a lot of people that thought they were doing the right thing in history, yeah, you know exactly, it's, uh, and that's Jordan
1: Peterson's point
3: yeah, yeah. I love Jordan. My love chick him. My chick actually turned me on to Jordan Peterson. And uh, I watch him now, and I just I kind of feel bad for him. He seems so, like, beaten down well, at this point. And his, I know about his medical problems and that's addictions and stuff. But you watch a video from three years ago, and this guy had a lot more pep and, and sounded better. He'll be back. And now I saw him on Tucker Carlson uh, about a week ago. And I was like, oh, fuck, this guy really seems down. Like mentally, too. He just doesn't have that, that well, energy.
1: Physically, I think that benzodiazepine, and uh, yeah. I talked to Hamilton Morris about that. Apparently, it's one of the most difficult things to kick. It's, it's benzos. And what is
3: that, like Xanax and. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: And some other ones. But uh, benzos and alcohol are two of the rare things that when you're addicted to them, they'll kill you if you get off them too quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had a really hard time of it physically, <clears throat> to the point where he's not. I mean, you know, he and I talked about him doing the show again, and I said I, re- I really want to do it in person. Like, let me know when you can do it in person. He's like, mm-hmm. I, I just can't deal with travel right now. I just I'm not physically capable to travel yet,
3: dude. I had I to go to rehab for a, a crime that I committed, <laughs> so they said it was. Uh, you know, you know Vinny Brand from yes. uh,
1: the Stress, Stress Factory. Factory.
3: Uh, I was going out with his daughter for a while uh danny brand and uh she was just if anyone could push your buttons it was fucking danny brand she was a mental patient i I, I, but you know we're going out she's kind of allegedly allegedly well no no i i could say that (laughs) disavow joe disavow (laughs) so we got into we would get into fights all the time you could you could talk to every every single girlfriend i've ever had since i was 13 years old and every girlfriend i've had since that episode none of them will say i'm a physical person when i get into an argument with anybody this fight was like throwing and breaking each other's phones and <laughs> yelling and and she's videoing it live, so it's streaming. And I'm drunk, and it was just bad all over, <laughs> bad all over. I'm like, if I hadn't gotten fired for the Times Square thing, this would have, you know, fired me anyway. So all this shit happens. I uh, I, I grab her hand and I I bit her hand. I was oh just, I was just God. pissed. I was pissed. I didn't want to hit her or anything. She's just bit waif, her? a waif of a girl, you know. And I just bit her hand. I was like, ah. Uh, no blood or anything. I just bit her hand. Uh, then the, the fight calms down. Uh, we decide to actually drive to the Apple store to buy ourselves new phones. <laughs> so she gets in the car. We drive. I come back. Cops all around my fucking house.
1: Because she had streamed it
3: live. She had streamed it live. Someone had saw it oh. and called the cops to come to the house. Well, they bring her in the house. I'm standing outside. And they bring her in with a girl cop. And I'm sure she's like, well, what happened? Well, did he do this? Oh, did he mean this? Did... All that. Before I know it, they're like, uh, they fucking grabbed my pistol. They fucking handcuffed me. I'm like, I'd never been arrested in my life. Never. For nothing. Ever. And uh, that whole thing started this, uh, my experience with the legal system. And it is fucked As a guy, you're just screwed. And it's this whole thing where you don't even get – it's not like TV or the movies. I would like to present to you – they want everything to be pled out. So I had to plea and sit there and do one of those things where you stand there and go, yes, I – Placed my arm on her throat.
1: When you say they want everything to plead out, is that because the courts are too overcrowded? Yeah, yeah.
3: They just bam, bam, bam. They want shit to just go through. Right. It's nothing. When when we see a trial on television, it's it's an anomaly. Trials don't happen. Plea bargains happen constantly. And they're never really uh, what happened. You're, you're pleading to something just to get off the hook. They right. told me, all right, we'll bring it down to a harassment thing. It would be like going down the street and, you know,
2: Whistle hey, you're an the, asshole or whistling
3: yeah. to a girl. Right, right. And, and now I could go, huh, should I spend tens of thousands, if not $100,000, defending myself where a jury could just go, I, I don't like this guy and give me uh, the big charge? Or – should I just plea and then I'll, I won't have a, a felony on my record. I won't have it. I'll have a violation, not even a misdemeanor. So, of course, you take that. But everything gets twisted around. It, everything gets twisted. Nothing's real. They've done stories about you in the news where you look and go, oh, my God, that is the most inaccurate thing I've ever seen. And, and you think at first it's just about you. And then you realize, oh, Wait. They're getting everything wrong. It's not just me. Any story they do is a lie.
1: Well, they go towards the most sensational version of it possible because that's their business. Their business is selling clicks.
3: It should have been uh, informing the people. That's kind of That's not as profitable. No, it's not. Back in the old days, I think it was part of uh, TV stations licensing that they had to provide a certain amount of time to inform the people. Yeah. So they thought, oh, we'll put a half hour, some guy will read the news, that'll cover our FCC obligation to inform the people. That's what PSAs used to be about and stuff. Right. It was just filling time that the FCC said, because you're a licensed broadcaster, you need to do these things. And then someone somewhere went, I think we can make money off of this. What? Who's going to? Who's going to buy time on a news show? It's like, well, if we make the news a little titillating and spike it up a little bit. uh, And then you got shows like A Current Affair that came Mm -hmm. out and all those pseudo news shows. And then the regular mainstream media news decided to pick up that outline and and format. And the days of uh, Cronkite and Huntley Brinkley and shit were gone. And that's what we're living in now. Complete lie. I don't watch one thing on the news anymore and trust Anything they're saying. Ever. Have
1: you ever read uh, Matt Taibbi's book, Hate Inc.? No, that's what it's called, right? Isn't it called Hate Inc.? Yeah, it's it's fantastic. He details how this all happened, how it got started, and and it's it, it's a business model, and it's it, it that's what's profitable now, and particularly yes. because the internet is all about short attention span, the cycle of interesting things, the news goes in and out so quickly. you got to captivate people as quickly as possible, and the best way to do that is the most sensational version of something possible. And that's how you sell ads, and that's how you do this, and that's how you do that. Just keep it moving. But when you realize that
3: fear is part of it, like fear is a great thing. People want to know if something's going to kill them or hurt them or their family or their dog. Uh, so if you present this horrible scenario, people are going to watch, and then they're going to yap about it, and the sponsors will go, oh, a lot of people tuned into this. We Let's spend some money here. So what do you think the news company does? God, I hope something uh, crazy scary comes up, or are they going to make something that's crazy scary? Yeah. Of course they are. It's their product. So they're building. Yeah. It's a factory now of scary, titillating, bloody uh, lies.
1: Yeah. So, well, you, you you were getting to something because yeah. you said that you, you, got, you got arrested, but you had a whole point to get yeah, to. Yeah,
3: I really did, didn't I, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that went away. All of a sudden, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm talking about this. And I did have a point to it, get there to. There was
1: something you were getting to. I'm it, like, man, I want to bring him back to this I, know, I want to know it what might it have is. been a
3: relationship thing, mm. which it probably was. Physical. Growing things, biting, phones. Yeah, but that wasn't it. Yeah. I had gone into it with the intention of veering off to something else, and I got tracked on that, and it just stuck in my head, and now it's uh,
1: gone. Yeah, it's gone well, it's understandable. It's, it's um, one of those things. We're going to be able to read each other's minds soon. I think within the next you think decade that's or two. think the thing? Yeah, that's just going to pull us out of this. Now, that's a scary prospect. It is a scary prospect, but- it's no more scary than the difference between what it used to be when you left your house, and no one knew where you were, yeah. to now you have a tag in your backpack and your mom can track you every step of the way. Yeah,
3: yeah, that's a thing.
1: You find my phone, you know, you use find my phone if you're on the same account, you could see where your husband is, you can see where yeah. your wife is, you can see where your kids are, you could find your phone, you go, doo, 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 doo. oh, there it is, downtown. You know where everybody is. And then on top of that, everybody's geotagging their photographs. Everybody's putting their location yeah. data in their Instagram pictures. It's like we we're, put way
3: too much in. We're there.
1: getting closer and closer and closer to being totally interconnected. And I think one of the ways it's going to get us out of this, that's going to be the savior of propaganda and bullshit. Wouldn't it be nice if we knew exactly what people <sighs> were thinking?
3: Oh, I don't know we well, kind of we kind of have that with social media things like twitter where we know what people are thinking because they it's what they present to you it's
1: more of what they're projecting and you kind of you you have to use your own your ability to decipher bullshit, to go, yeah. oh, this is virtue signaling. This is a guy who's trying to take some heat off of him, so he's going after right. that guy. You know, you, and you then can you kinda, would know that. Yeah, 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 Instead
3: yeah. of just seeing like somebody uh, bullying online, you would know, oh, this is a poor, lonely, yeah. sad, depressed, sad, depressed guy. Uh, Everybody
1: attacking people on Twitter is depressed. They're almost all depressed. Yeah, There's yeah. always something wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah, if you're going after people for for things like that, unless someone's like doing something, like someone's ripping you off, and you want to inform people, hey, I'm getting fucked over, and this this could happen to you. Right, here's what's going on. The the people that are just attacking people, for the most part, they're trying to bring people down because they're down. That's almost all of it.
3: We've uh, we've seen it happen quite a few times. My brother is uh, various cover bands. He's a great guitarist and uh, does gigs all over the place. And because he's my brother. Some of these people decided to just fuck with him and call some of these venues and say that he's this terrible person. They'll make up things and, and he's had gigs canceled because of that. And it's, first of all, I just don't get that mindset. Why would you do that? And it is because these people are just angry and they and want,
1: do, no
3: one is successful was
1: doing that. Yes. Yeah.
3: Exactly. So my brother actually started looking into a lot of this and he's called. A couple of these people, he figured out how to get in touch with them and called them. And every single one of them, after a a little while, says uh, something to the effect of, uh, Dude, I I was just fucking around. I'm joking. I play guitar too. You know, I I heard some of your stuff, man. It's really good. It turns into this thing like, (laughs) What the fuck? And my brother's sitting there going, You motherfucker. Like, this guy is now your friend. Like he's he's like a, a, well, a patriot of yours. C- he yeah. became
1: a human talking to another. Right. Human.
3: A human being. That's why I hate social media. Yeah. It, it, it's so easy to just not care about another name and a picture and yeah. a few dozen words. But when you have to face someone uh, face to face, that's why you never see these people at a bar. No one walks up to me and goes, hey, I'm, hey, would you blow me 4262, you asshole. It's fucking, they never approach you in a a real place. Right. They love it. They love just standing on the sidelines anonymously and
1: and fucking with you. Well, what they don't love is their life. Yeah, yeah, that's that's obvious. That's what it is. Like, you find things to do. You know, when when your life is going well and that you're happy, you find things to do that make you happy. When you're miserable, you want to make other people miserable. Yeah, that's yeah. what a lot of it is. Yeah, a, lot, a lot, of, lot of. It's hard to be happy. It's hard to have your shit together. It's fucking confusing out there. It is a
3: tough thing. Uh, it, I, I think being financially yeah. sound, sure, that helps. Being financially sound helps. They say like money doesn't buy happiness, but you can. You can pay off a lot of sadness with it. <laughs> like, like you might not be happy, but there's not a bill laying there that you can't pay while you're unhappy about something else. Well, it, so I think that does help. But there are plenty of miserable people that are well off.
1: Very, very, very miserable that are rich as fuck. Because yeah. one of the things that happens when you're trying to get rich is all you think about is getting rich mm-hmm. and you lose your humanity because you stop mm. being a good friend. You stop having fun. You don't think about like hugging your kids and going out with your buddies. You instead think about the numbers that you're racking up.
3: Yeah, yeah. You think about, um, you know, sustaining it. Yeah. Once you get there, now you have to sustain it. Uh, And that's a whole nother thing. So, yeah.
1: You also think about like the, the, you know, there's a hierarchy of rich people. You know, you have a million dollars, but Bobby's got five million. That fucking piece of shit. And then, you know, you know, like, well, well, Billy's cousin's a billionaire. Holy yeah, shit. He's got a thousand what? million. Dude. Like, that's what, you know. That's
3: so funny. I swear, it wasn't long after. Me me and Opie signed, like, an insanely lucrative deal with Infinity Broadcasting back in, uh, I think it was 2000. You want a cigar? Uh, Do you smoke cigars? I don't smoke cigars. I always feel like it's weird because I want to inhale because that's like uh, smoking to okay. me. So you kind of just let it linger All right. in your mouth. I've smoked cigars before. Why, you got a good one? Oh, yeah. Are yeah. they good? They're good, yeah. Because I hear Cubans no, I mean, aren't even the
1: good cigars anymore. I don't know. You'd have to talk to Bobby Kelly about that. He knows more than I do. Bobby Kelly. I just feel like once we start drinking, I usually smoke I a cigar. I have... did.
3: I'll smoke a cigar with you, though. Look at you. Well, why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't you? We're here on the Joe Rogan Experience. Humidor.
1: I interrupted you again.
3: No, it's fine. You you have such a man place here. This is a dude fucking place.
1: <laughs> it's not as duty as the last place because I don't have the gym. But uh, Oh, right. You had the whole here. fucking gym. Yeah. Of course you are. Yeah, that's that'll happen soon. Of course you are. Steps.
3: I was watching a, a documentary about... Um, it was like, are, are we in a simulation, the Matrix mm. simulation? So I watched that. Some guy sat in a, one of those... Sensory deprivation tanks, yeah. and I know you're, uh, you have one of those, and 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 the way he described it of just losing his sense of body, yeah, and and being able to see himself as individual particles and stuff. Oh, he must have been high as fuck, dude. He had to be. But like that was pretty much the gist of the whole thing. Was that you know if you can get to the reality that you are just kind of Specs, you're particles, you're just Yeah, you're a bunch of
1: stuff. Stuff. You're a bunch of stuff connected to a consciousness that's connected to an ego, and that ego exists to make sure that you keep breeding and perpetrating your DNA.
3: Yeah, it's all biological and keeping the the species going. Like our whole thing. And that's a little weird. Because we we also find pleasure in things that don't seem to uh, be connected to that part of it. Yeah. You know, I don't think a lion uh, thinks, ah, I'll just have a good time today. I think it's food and fucking. Yeah. A- and m- most of the animal kingdom, I think it's food and fucking. Sometimes you see monkeys eat some kind of um, rancid fruit and they get drunk and fall
1: out of trees. Well, that's what's interesting about people is that we've figured out some weird hacks to tap into our- uh, yeah, yeah, that's a lighter. Oh, uh, yeah. a lighter. You flip it the other side. Uh-huh. There's other, the other- flip it upside down. Oh! And then pop the top. Oh. Oh. That way, yeah. There you go. And then push that up. Ah. There you go. You really don't smoke cigars. Um, we found out tricks to That's hijack... Phaser. It's good stuff, right? We found tricks to hijack our biological reward system. You know, like like the the, the thrill of the hunt gets replaced with a video game. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like uh, wanting to, to like to solve puzzles and dramas and, and dealing with problems in your life and threats gets replaced by an action film, you know, where you're the hero. You pretend you're Jason Bourne and you're <laughs> kicking ass and so saving the village. So it all still
3: goes back yeah. to this-
1: Biological reward system. Yeah,
3: biological yeah. I mean, reward system.
1: No places that get hacked more than porn, mm. right? you know you watch people fuck and you're like yeah that's me i'm in there i'm fucking i'm fucking i'm fucking <laughs> and then you can't wait to do it again because it's on tap 24 7. it's like you're living like caligula <laughs> you're living like some madman some salt and brunei type character with a with a, a harem of a hundred women that are paid to just sit around and wait for you to fuck them Dude, I, I
3: got to tell you, the, uh, the testosterone shots. Oh, yeah, yeah, now, yeah. Now, you, of course, have been a proponent of this for many years. You've turned a lot of people on to it. You're, you're 100% with this. I yeah. know of other people that have said, oh, yeah, Joe Rogan said, I got to get on this. Whenever a guy that's uh, you know, reaching their 40s, 50s in there uh, says that they're having problems uh, with libido and muscle mass, and energy, stuff. energy, aches interest, and pains, in things, yeah. aches and pains. Yeah, you've always said that. As a matter of fact, um, and then Nick DiPaolo. I do I, I do a, a show with Nick on Mondays on on my channel, and he was saying the same thing. He's going ah, it, no muscle mass, cocksucker, can't fucking do anything. Look, fucking bitch arms, so fucking. He's hilarious, and, and he said low t. Mm-hmm. So I went to the doctor. I was diagnosed with low T. It was pretty fucking low.
1: It's called being an old man. Yeah. How old do you know? It's called getting... I just had my 60th on April 26th. Six zero. Dude, wow. when I was a kid, that was... You're done. Dead. You're a dead man. You're dead. Meanwhile, you have a thick neck now. Look at that you. Was, when I saw uh, you today, I'm like, look at his neck. I know. It's getting there. You're lifting weights? It's like I am now. Yeah.
3: Look at that. Missy makes me fucking do that shit. She's an animal. Shh. She's a fucking animal. Look at you. And and but here's the here's the weird thing. Okay. Now, I you don't notice because it's like over the years, the testosterone level and and those interests that you had and your libido and all that it gets turned on like a dimmer. It's like a mm. dimmer switch. So it's slowly. You it. Yeah. Slowly, and then another year goes by, and you're like, wow, you know, I. And then a little bit down, down. After two shots. It's a switch. It just went, bam, and all the time it took to turn that down came right the fuck back. Joe, I'm a piece of shit again. <laughs> I have been looking at <laughs> porn that isn't even right. Like, like I'll punch it. And, and for, for years, I've been going like, oh, Elon Musk, SpaceX. Oh, look at that, the Falcon 9. Now you go right it's to porn. A, uh, it's it's right to porn. And the porn is like college red pussy, hairy, nerd, like girls with glasses and big, hairy, red bush and stuff. Why? And I'm, because I don't know, Joe, because of the needles. No, what, but, I just found what this was, what was attraction. The porn,
1: what was the porn that you were attracted to before this? I wasn't really thinking of porn. Really? I gotta be honest. But why do you think it's like perverted porn? It isn't really perverted. I just like pale
3: girls with big pussies. <laughs> Like the the hairy muff reminds me of when I used to see back Barbie in Benton days. and Playboy when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, so it's bringing you back. It brings me right back,
1: Joe. So it's like a you've you've basically gotten into a time machine. Yeah, brought you back to when your libido was in full swing. Yes, and you so you're connecting. And I with think the hair is coming back. Hair is hair is back. making a comeback
3: during the '90s and early 2000s. It was cut that shit off. They tried yeah. to get artistic with it at first. With the, like we heard heart. The, the landing strip, the heart. The An Hitler mustache—they called it, yeah—which looked stupid. It was one little tuft of hair above,
1: maybe a the bolt. vagina,
3: a lightning bolt. <laughs> stop, yeah, just stop it's with that a vagina. And then just cut everything off. Yeah. That's what every girl was doing. And when I was growing up, when I was in my teens, looking to get laid, if a girl took her big fucking granny panties down back then, it was madness. And I saw a uh, shaved. But i would have lost my mind i had been like what am i with a porn star who the fuck is this what <laughs> is, why is a fucking car because it was that big triangle it looked like you took a pool rack and just filled it with barbershop floor when hair when i
1: was uh 18 <laughs> this girl that i was dating uh i dated her in high school and then I, you know dated her again and she was dating this guy who was an animal like they had like a lot of crazy problems. He smashed her window of her car and all, all kinds of. Oh, geez. the guy was a yeah. savage apparently, and uh, she was over at my house and we were starting to fool around. She's like, "I can't, I can't, I can't." I go, "Why?" She goes, "I'm in Paris. I don't want to tell you." I go, "Why?" Just tell me. She goes, "He made me shave my pussy." So she, this ex of hers Holy had shit. made her shave her pussy. She had to shave. She was embarrassed by it. Oh my god! I'm like, I don't care. Yeah, like, like I care. I'm like, it's not like you. You are. She was embarrassed that I would know that a guy talked her into shaving her pussy. Like that's yeah. how weird the world was back then. And what year was this about? Well, I was 18, so we're talking yeah. about 85, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that would have been weird. Yeah, back Yeah, 86, somewhere yeah. around then.
3: You had yeah. to know, like, because. <laughs> Especially back then, it was so awkward, and you didn't just... Now you could literally just go, Hey, okay, lose the clothes, we'll fucking hop in the sack and do something. But back then, it was this weird... Can I get this? You never knew when she was going to say stop. Right. So you had to, the shirt had to come off. You had to put your hand under the shirt, and then that, and then the bra, and then down the
1: pant. And you had you to be knew. careful when you were undoing the bra strap. It had to be smooth, because oh, if you were fumbling too long, it might looked,
3: stop you. Right. What is Man, this rookie? Stop, stop, stop. Is this rookie? I stop. I, I got it. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking embarrassing. And those old ones had, like, three hooks. of the hooks in the yeah. back. The best... Invention was the front velcro thing
1: Where it just went velcro
3: or a clip a little little snap
1: snap, and it was like
3: click and then BAM right in the front you didn't even have to take the rest off. It was awesome (laughs) (laughs) But when you your hand finally went down those jordash jeans You you knew when you reached yeah uh, Ground zero you 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 felt it. You were getting there right welcome to the jungle welcome to the jungle And then a comic did it years ago, but it was uh, something about how you were always surprised at how far down that really was. (laughs) Like, you'd go down the front of the pants like, all right, belly button's here. It's a good two feet from the belly button.
1: I remember when I was was 13 13 years old. When I was 13 years old, there was a kid in my neighborhood. Uh, When I was 13, I moved from Florida, moved from Gainesville, Florida, to Jamaica Plain, uh, Massachusetts. At the time, it was kind of a sketchy neighborhood, and there was a lot of like rough kids that lived there. It was, you know, very... uh, lower income and this wild street kids they were out in the street and there was this kid my next door neighbor his name was Polly Hudson He was a dangerous kid like he was already (laughs) smoking cigarettes at 13 and you know I was very innocent when I moved to the spot Oh, and I remember he was talking to me about sex and they were talking to me about girls and you know and having sex with girls And I had never had sex with a girl I mean, I don't even I maybe had kissed a girl like on the I don't even know if I would kissed a girl with tongue by then, right? Yeah, and he was like uh, (laughs) He was like you probably don't even know that when you fuck a girl you don't go straight you go up in her like what and i was like what are you talking about i remember you thinking that you like you went straight I didn't know. Like the cotton swab during COVID
3: testing. I like, wait, that's backwards. I thought it went up, but it goes straight in.
1: Don't think that I had an accurate map of the landscape when yes. it came to a woman's vagina. I didn't know where everything was. Not many I was 13, guys dead But this kid knew that I didn't know. he's like, you probably don't even know. How old was he? He was 13 too. Oh my God. He was already, like I said, he was smoking cigarettes. Right. These kids were animals. He had some They issues. were roaming the streets. Yeah. These yeah. kids were like, I, when I got into this neighborhood, everybody was just wandering around. And they were all doing terrible things. They were all lighting things on fire. and Fire
3: was a big thing. Dogs yeah.
1: were always running around. Nobody's dog was ever in the yard. It was a wild neighborhood.
3: Yeah. At 13, I remember kids like that. And then when they got a little older, the crowds kind of separated because some of them would start breaking into houses. Right. And, like, you'd stay away from those kids. It was this weird, like, yeah. tree would grow of... The yes. really good kids and the really bad kids, the kids who
1: took that turn.
3: Yeah, and you'd sometimes go over and be like, "All right, we'll fucking drive over some mailboxes tonight," like that kind of innocent shit. But then some of would just take it way too far.
1: Yeah, these kids were already breaking in the houses. They were calling yeah. them B and E's. I had to ask what a B and E was. B and so was like, "Yeah, he's doing B and E's." I'm like, "What's a B and E? Breaking and entering." I was like, yeah. "Oh, I didn't know." Like I, I was so, in, I went from being this kid that grew, I was living in San Francisco, and then I was living in a college in Florida and then all of a sudden Jamaica Plain. And Jamaica Plain in 78, I guess when I got there, 79 was fucking sketchy. Yeah. Like like it was a lot of like <laughs> dangerous people.
3: I love it. I when, when I was out in California, my dad lived out there, so uh I went out to live with my dad for a while. Uh, I was about 13 years old, and my dad was all about, like, man training, yeah, it's man training. <laughs> it's like, Because uh, he had me pegged as, like, you know, I was going to be this little fruity kid. Uh, I, I, I tell a story um, about when I made a, a marionette. I made a marionette. The only thing was it didn't have strings on it yet. And my dad's like, you are not taking that doll with you. I'm like, it's a marionette. He goes, a puppet without strings is a doll. <laughs> he's just yelling at me. And I'm like, I start crying. He called me pissy eyes. And my mother's yelling at my father because he's yelling at me. And poor little Anthony. So when I went out to California, he decided I'm going to get him a horse. I'm going to buy him guns. Horse. And this guy is good. So I got this black horse. And uh, for my birthday, he got me a a Winchester 3030. And uh, Ruger Super Single 6 Pistol. And he's like, if I was just uh, 13th or 14th birthday and I got that, I'd saddle my horse and ride up in the hills. And I would just ride up in the hills, shooting guns like a mental patient. It was great. It was a great, like like, I we're was able California to be a cowboy. San Juan Capistrano, where the Swallows come back every year in what Orange County.
1: Oh, Orange County. Yeah, okay. it's in
3: between San Diego and L.A. Oh, yeah, it's ranch right country the, the out Michi- there. Oh, all horses, dude. Yeah. Everyone had a horse. There were hitching posts in front of the bars on Camino Capistrano, which was the main hitching drag. Posts. Hitching post. Hitching posts. We could
2: pull
1: up with a horse. Pull
3: up, and people did. And you'd tie Are you allowed up and- to drink
1: and drive a horse?
3: Yeah, back then, anyway. It's but totally I mean, different now.
1: Doesn't it seem like that would be fine, because it's not like you're in control anyway. It's not like your no, car. no, the horses is, horse is doing the, all the work. I feel like you could be hammered on a horse, and that's okay.
3: I've seen many people hammered on horses back then, because everyone was drunk.
1: Doesn't that seem like that would be a different thing, though? Like, you shouldn't get in trouble for that. You shouldn't.
3: Unless you cause an accident, maybe. Can you say. get a
1: DUI riding a horse? <laughs> riding a horse drunk on wow. public roads in California violates the law. Of course it does. California gets rid of everything fun. You can't even go outside without a mask on. The People Versus Fong? <laughs> That's hilarious. So some dude named Fong was trying to fucking have a good time <laughs> on his horse, have a couple of brewskis, ride around. The People Versus Fong. Imagine forever horse driving while drunk is connected to your last to name. To your You're last like, name. Come on, I'm the it's first the law. guy. You Me? did it. <laughs> How many people were riding horses drunk Ooh, before this farm fella came along? Poor guy. Poor son of a bitch farm. That's kind of crazy that it's a that's like a legal precedent. It's connected to this one dude. Imagine that. You just <laughs> whoop, Yeah. Whoop whoop. Yeah. Like what the fuck? Well, you gotta you gotta make sure you have cowboy boots on too. A lot of people don't know cowboy boots are designed to slip on and off because your feet get stuck in the stirrups. Oh and yeah. And if yeah. the horse goes crazy, the boots just slip off gotta and then get that you out of fall there. out and you're okay. You don't get dragged to your death.
3: Yeah, yeah. We got thrown off a lot of horses back in those days. Like it was constant. You'd just, your horse would spook at something and yeah. throw you off. And my dad's like, eh, son of a bitch, kid, you got to get back on that horse. Whoa. Like the literally get back on the horse that threw you kind of a thing. So my dad was, uh, he, he wanted me to, uh, you know, become a man at 13, 14 years old. So there was this girl, Buzz. Her, Her name was Buzz? was Buzz. Her name was Chris, Christine. Uh, kind of a big boned gal. Why'd they call her Buzz? Because uh, she was constantly buzzed. She was uh. constantly <laughs> buzzed. And, and, and uh, she was known around the um, the ranch for uh, being a little loose. Oh. Uh, so So my dad, I think my dad noticed I was making like a lot of bathroom trips at that point. So I just discovered Started the fact that off. you could jack off and do fun things like that, So he's like, "All right, I got buzz, I'll get buzz and uh you know, hook him up. <laughs> so, so my father and his girlfriend at the time, Corey, they go out and Buzz is hanging out with me, and I'm clueless, man. I am fucking clueless." And she goes, uh, "Why don't you go up and take a shower? because I've been at the ranch all day and fucking smell like horse shit and everything, And I'm like, I didn't even th- I'm like, okay. <laughs> right. We watch like Monty Python or some shit. And I go in, I take a shower. Uh, I come out and I'm walking to my bedroom and uh, my dad and Corey's bedroom were, was along the way. And I hear from in there, I'm like, you coming in? And, and I look in the room and it still hadn't hit me. I'm just like, what is going on here? I'm getting my PJs on and I'm going to go downstairs and watch TV. So I look in the room and there's buzz She's sitting uh, on the bed, kind of sitting with her uh, back against the headboard, and the blanket is up to her waist. So she, and she had big fucking dates. So, so I'm, I look in, and I, again, still, I'm just like, what? Well, like it didn't fit. It didn't, nothing made sense. And then I'm like, oh shit, I think this, I'm gonna have some sex. I'm gonna be fucking a girl. You're 13? Uh, uh, 13, probably almost 14. How old's Buzz? Buzz was 19.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, the older woman. She's
3: reckless. Oh, totally reckless. (laughs) They called her Buzz. How much uh, does
1: Buzz weigh at the time? Buzz
3: was, she was really tall. She was probably six feet tall. And she had a proportioned body for a six-foot-tall girl. Big tits, like a very 70s- Hips and waist, and kind so of thing. you're a
1: boy, and this I is a woman. I am
3: a fucking she's skinny a big woman. little douchebag. Uh, it, it was, you know, like fucking riding the Matterhorn. I, I was, but I was like into it. I I, I got into to bed with her, and uh, she starts like like rubbing her hands, and she goes to slide her hand down to to my dick, and uh, she's like, uh, Could you you take your underwear (laughs) off? I got into bed with my underwear. (laughs) I didn't know. What did I know? So I dropped those things. And then, uh, yeah, I learned very quickly at that point. And that is, you could mark it on a graph of when my fucking grades and everything just took a shit. Right (laughs) at that point. All I thought about was fucking. I was in junior high. I went to school the next day. And I looked at everyone differently. I was just like, I,
1: I, these guys don't know what fucking is. Now, how many kids in your class had already had sex? None. Yeah. Like, none of them
3: that I knew about. <laughs> Maybe an errant uncle or two had gotten to them. It is but,
1: funny. Like, once that door gets opened. Oh,
3: that was all I wanted. Yeah. And then we had, we had continued fucking for almost a year. Wow. Like I, so she
1: was 20 and you were 14. Yeah. That's a reckless lady.
3: Very reckless. She would, but it was the 70s, you know. Yeah. What the fuck? Uh, pill or no pill? Oh, I didn't know. I was so blowing loads them in there? Uh, constantly. And did she- Little Anthony uh, Lodes. Little, little Anthony Lodes. Anthony uh, blowing them in there. Was she concerned
1: with uh, getting I pregnant? I think she would have just gotten
3: an abortion. <laughs> hey, why don't you get one of those abortions? My brother got one for his girlfriend once. Is that what you heard? No, that was from Fast Times at Richard uh, High. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Dude,
1: that was my skull.
3: One of those abortions.
2: Mm.
3: Hey, yeah, I got tickets. I was, I had tickets for Blue Oyster Cult. Where were you? Like that guy, he was like forty Fast when they times filmed that movie. <laughs> All those guys were like forty when they filmed that shit. I love watching old movies and stuff, especially Twilight Zones and Alfred Hitchcock. It's like uh, Rod Serling will come on at the beginning and go, "Here's Bob Smith." He's 22 years old. And you look, it's like, this guy's 50.
1: Yeah, right?
3: And you don't know if they were just lying about the age or that's how a 22-year-old looked back then. I think
1: people aged very quickly back then. Very differently. Yeah, because you look at a 50-year-old man in those days. Yeah. This is pre-testosterone replacement. Yes. That's a big factor. It is. It's a giant factor. You look at like, I mean, look at Mike Tyson today at 55 years of age. Yep. That that didn't exist before. Hell no. That was non-existent.
3: Because a monster.
1: Yeah, a monster.
3: And and yeah, back then like I remember my grandfather at my age now. Almost dead. At almost dead. Yeah. He, I'd walk into my grandparents' house, he'd be sitting on a recliner with the Mets game on in front of him, and just like you'd hear the ah, son of a bitch. Ah, and he was fucking Old dude. And that was like <laughs> and what, tired. Yeah, tired. Old. Yeah. He'd had it. He just wanted to check out. There was this other aunt we had. Aunt Aletta, her name was. <laughs> Aletta.
1: Aletta. Do people still call their kids Aletta?
3: I doubt that's I think a that's name. That's one Mildred. That one's done. Things like yeah. that are just done. Mabel. Could you imagine that? Oh man. Mildred. Yeah. Oh, Mildred, Mabel, I fucking Mildred. love, fucking. you just never hear those names anymore. Yeah, Aletta, she, the only thing I have any recollection of her is right when we walked in the door once a year for a holiday, she was in a chair in the corner, and you went over, you gave her a kiss on the cheek, and... And no one talked to her. No one acknowledged her. She was just there until one day she wasn't there, and that was her whole fucking life. And I swear to you, she was probably younger than I am right now. Wow, it's so fucked up, dude.
1: It is fucked up, right? Right. And you know what's really fucked up about the whole testosterone replacement thing is there's a lot of people that get mad Mm. that you're doing it. Yeah. They don't like it. Yeah, stop that. Stop doing that. Just be normal. Just. You just think it's, again, like a jealousy rot. thing. Just going rot slowly. People yeah. don't want to. Yeah, yeah.
3: It's just accept it. Accept it. Yeah. Grow old gracefully. Fuck you.
1: I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I always said Sylvester Stallone was my canary in the coal mine. Oh, I really? Watch that guy. He's like 80. Watch, watch slice. Bench pressing and shit, doing <laughs> squats. Canary Worry, in the coal mine. Keep an mine. eye on him. Keep an eye on him. See how he's doing over there. Yeah. He's like 25 (laughs) years older than me. I'm like, keep an eye on him. (laughs) That's a good, yeah.
3: (laughs) See how long you can keep this up. (laughs) Dude, there's science, you know? There's fucking science that's uh, making us live longer. Lately,
1: I've been doing hyperbaric chamber uh, sessions.
3: That Michael Jackson shit.
1: Yeah, but I didn't remember that it was a Michael Jackson shit until yesterday. (laughs) But yeah, uh, hyperbaric (laughs) sessions. There was a, uh, a university in Israel that did a study that they did... 60 hyperbaric treatments over 90 days, and it turned out that it lengthened your telomeres, which is an indication of your biological age, by 20 years. So it reduced your biological age by 20 years. But it's so boring. You lay in this tank for like an hour and a half. And you're not
3: really feeling
1: anything? No, I just take naps. I just go in there Mm. and take naps for an hour and a half, or I listen to books on tape. And oh, I'm, I'm yeah. Trying to see what what, it, what I'm twenty two sessions in.
3: What is the actual physical thing that it does so to that's you? That's a good question. Is it uh, change I the pressure? I,
1: I, I'm a surface researcher. I read. I get <laughs> to the surface. I go. But Looks Joe, good, I've read let's your go.
3: medical doctor giving <laughs> advice to young children.
1: I got chastised by Prince Harry today. <laughs> Prince Harry went in on me. Prince Harry. <laughs> hey Harry, I can give you some advice too, buddy. Dude, settle When, down.
3: I, when I read shit, uh, when people start ragging you about things, hey. I'm like. Don't you know who Joe Rogan is? Like, first of all, you're allowed to give an opinion on anything.
1: Not anymore. I'm Not too anymore. I've gotten too popular. Isn't that fucked up? Well, what happened was the Spotify deal. When people found out how much ash I was making. Then things got weird. Then things like, you have a responsibility. It's
3: got to be a price if you're going to be tagged yeah, a sellout. out. you've it's got to be a price.
1: Well, they also want you to sell out. Yeah. They, they want you to stop doing what you're doing. You have a responsibility? Hilarious. I'm a cage fighting commentator and a dirty comedian. You're coming to me? I used to make people eat animal dicks on TV. You're coming to me for advice? <laughs> How did that happen? It doesn't make any sense. It's just, I have too oh. much influence. There's too many people listening. Yeah. Right? People are going to be mad that I have you on. Oh, I know. You have Anthony. I, Can you I, be I on? know. I have Anthony. My you're, you're my friend. You will be my friend forever. Exactly.
3: That's what I tell people. I'm like, Joe Rogan, a friend. You're my friend. I like talking to you. You're my friend, Joe. and you
1: helped me tremendously in my early days. Tremendously. T- Dude, please. Who, who who couldn't see? I have laughed harder
3: just hanging out with you in certain situations. I always think back to the Dice uh, gig. Oh, where yeah. Where we literally fell out of the booth on the floor Jimmy Norton, laughing like Bobby idiots. Kelly,
1: you, me. Who else was with us? Somebody else was with us. Oh, jeez. Another comic. Yeah, there were a lot of... Was uh, Brian Redband with us? Who else was with us? Somebody else was with us.
3: Yeah, we all decided to go see we Dice. We went to see
1: Dice at the Riviera before they tore it down. Yeah, yeah. My God, what a good time we had. Oh, well, we What laughing. a good time we had. I couldn't
3: look over at you anymore. And then we fucking looked and both fell out of
1: the booth. It we, was, were, we were hammered. Yeah. We were having the best time of our life just laughing and laughing. And Dice was being yeah.
3: classic
1: Dice. He oh, loved that we were there, filthy. too.
3: Oh, yeah. Had a great time. But yeah, that's... He had that bit
1: about catching gay. (laughs) How you catch gay. (laughs) Like, you know, Dice, like, on (laughs) poor... Pre- pretends to be ignorant, yeah. So like he'll have these things. Well, he'll like he'll have these bits set up on preposterous science, right? That he's like, this is what I heard. <laughs> and <laughs> he says it like it's gospel. Yeah. And this is the the rules, science according to Dice. This idea that like some people are problematic and you're not supposed to hang out with them anymore. You can you could eat shit. I don't give yeah. a fuck what you say, because because
3: it's everybody. Yeah. It's uh, I guess the last thing I just heard was. Um, What's his name? Oh, God. Uh, From Freaks and Geeks and uh, Superbad. Seth Rogen? Rogen? Oh, Seth Rogen. (laughs) How could I not have gotten the name? (laughs) I guess the Rogen thing was slipping. What did he Uh, do? Yeah, Seth Rogen kind of turned his back on his buddy there who's having these sexual... Uh, harassment at the very least, maybe rape allegations oh, against James a, Franco. James Franco.
1: I don't think it's a rape. Thing. I think it's like predatory behavior. Yes, right. yes,
3: like uh, grooming or fucking. Oh, grooming. Uh, underage girl. But I think the girls were seventeen. I don't know what the laws are in California. Yeah, um, you know, and of course they're going to give you shit regardless if it's legal or not. Uh, but I guess that's been a problem, and they questioned Seth about it. And he goes, oh, I haven't spoken to him, and I don't plan to. Like, just sold him down the river immediately. As... You know,
1: I don't like that. It makes me sad. But they're in a different business, and in that business, you have to be chosen. See, this is what I'm yeah. saying. Like, you have to be picked for roles, and if you get blackballed, you're fucked. Like, you don't have a standalone product, right? As, uh-huh. a, as a guy who has a podcast or as a guy who does stand-up, you have a standalone podcast. You have a standalone stand-up act. It's, it's all yours. So no one... Picks you for a yeah. role like if, if Seth Rogen wants to do a film like it's a dangerous proposition to be connected To someone who's problematic because if you are then someone can link you to him and go hey Were you involved in this and we God, can't use so you we can't have you meanwhile? How many of these fucking people were in bed with Harvey Weinstein? Yeah, how many of these people are there's there's all these videos? Plenty how many videos of, videos of people thanking smiling him? photos photos and thanking him no one no one's being punished yeah, for that. Yeah. Why would Seth Rogen be punished because he's got this buddy who's one of the handsomest guys that's ever lived. Look how goddamn good looking <laughs> James Franco is. I mean, do you really think James Franco is struggling to get laid? Like yeah, This is yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know what happened and what didn't happen, but right. it makes me sad that Seth Rogen has to say that. But I don't know what he's saying, so I'm just hearing this from you. It's, it's uh, yeah, he just know said, what he said he's kind of, you know, he didn't say I'm cutting him
3: off as a friend. He was asked whether he works with him or will work with him because of all these allegations. And his answer was, I haven't, and there are no plans in the future to do so. Yeah, but Like what he is was that? hedging but, 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 his bet there. But isn't
1: that like what you, like, I have no plans in the future to work with Jim Norton. Right. But I would. Of course. You know, but if someone said, uh, are you working with Jim Norton? And if I said, I, I don't have any plans to work with Jim Norton right now. That yeah. doesn't mean I would never work. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, But it seems calculated. But it, it might. But it also might be the way they phrase it in the, the, yeah. the article yeah. that they write about. It. Oh, I got it. They'll try you know to what I'm saying? fuck him
3: over and make seem like They might say scumbag.
1: he threw his buddy under the bus, yeah. but maybe he didn't either. Maybe he was like, I don't know. I don't have any plans on working with him right now. He yeah. might have been innocent.
3: You think there are uh, phone calls that go back and forth and go, dude, I'm going to have to – don't pay attention to it. I love you, but I'm really going to have to call you a piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. just to get this gig. I it's, need this gig.
1: Well, Anthony, this is one of the main reasons why there's a problem with certain people that do stand-up in places like L.A., In particular Mm, because you have to get chosen for TV shows and chosen for films and you're
3: constantly auditioning
1: Well, you're you're you also have to be selected amongst a bunch of other people that are also equally qualified And unless you're one of these Tom Cruise motherfuckers who can just like blockbuster every fucking movie You're in a weird position where you're in a weird position where you your business can get tanked if you get connected whether it's fair or unfair with someone who's a problem or with something that's a problem. So they're all terrified and they're all liberal. And I don't even know if they are all liberal, but they all pretend to be liberal or present themselves themselves as liberal. And they do that specifically as a marketing strategy. Yeah. It really is a marketing strategy. Because I've had conversations. There was a guy that I did a TV show with once, and we were talking about um, there was just like ways of talking that they, they adopt. And one of them is when they meet someone, they say, nice to see you. They don't say nice to meet you cuz what if you forgot you already met them and they go you already met me and then you are like oh my god I'm fucked right because then they'll turn on you uh, you are you uh, big time in me you piece of shit yeah like, yeah like dude I know this has happened to you cuz it's happened to me you meet too many people you forget you met someone Exactly. you say nice to meet you but if i say that and someone says they i met you before i go oh i'm sorry when do we meet i'll i'll just i'll try to fix it i'll try to make it better yeah yeah I'm like, and i'll try to explain I, it's, I'm not trying to big time you I just fuck up I forget my they, memory is yeah. very weird they don't
3: understand that my lie is, is a courtesy to you when someone walks up to me and goes hey you remember me and I'll be yeah. like fuck yeah man of course right. and then like leave it at that right? because when, I'm, I'm lying and then me. that's where they go yeah. alright where was it don't fucking quiz me alright <laughs> asshole I don't remember you and I won't next time <laughs> Mike have this man removed. Bite him. <laughs>
1: Bite, Bite him. his hand. Bite him, you motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. it's um, <laughs> it's it's this weird thing where you can't just. There's no empathy. There's no like you know maybe, mm. maybe this guy was friends with Harvey Weinstein and it was different. His relationship with Harvey was different. Maybe he didn't know. Like all these guys had to separate themselves from him or wh- wh- whoever it is it's James Franco or any of these people like you got to worry about being stuck in this strange category where you're a problem where they don't want to use you for certain roles or use you for certain things yeah it become an I- it becomes an issue
3: Jordan Peterson said uh, he was talking about the the courage and and bravery that it takes to actually say hey I agree with this I don't yeah. agree with this I'm that and and the more ridiculous things get and the more kind of um the more censorship we're getting and the, the more uh, ridiculous boycotts on people's right to speak you got to say something and, and and the question is always well people are going to lose their jobs they're going to lose their family their livelihood their reputation and jordan's answer to that was like that's where the courage comes in that's the courage part it's easy to not do that bravery and cur- courageousness takes there's a sacrifice that needs to be made or a potential sacrifice if you're deciding you're going to be brave about something and if you want to speak your mind yeah regardless of the repercussions these days that is a brave thing yeah but it's the hardest thing to do because you know you always want to kind of float with the current uh but eventually, down the line, and we've seen this happen, it's going to get to you. Yes, I mean, who just got screwed lately? That was just a bleeding heart liberal, uh, and and said some. Oh, um, what's his name? Oh God, Jeff Leach. You know Jeff Leach? No, comic, English comic, good looking guy. Very liberal. I've had him on the show quite a few times, and I get, you know, from the fans, why you have this piece of shit liberal on? It's like, oh, sorry. Sorry I'm not having just people that agree with me on all the time. Uh, And we have great discussions about politics or, you know, anything, sports. Who cares? He just got fired from – he's the voice, the English voice of the, the demonic character in the Call of Duty games. Oh, When you play the campaign, not multiplayer and he's that guy. Great gig. Well, they dug up some misogynistic shit. He's a comic. They dug up some misogynistic stuff. He said, boom, he's out. And I will tell you, this guy is a staunch liberal they they don't care they don't care what the context is they're looking for targets targets now yeah and and i think they're getting mad that a lot more if you want to dub it i don't even know what labels to put on anymore so i'll just say right-wing conservative republican they're getting mad that the names and labels and insults aren't really working like they used to like to be called a racist now it's like
1: Everything is racist. Everything. Yeah, if you eat peanut butter and jelly, you're racist. Racist. Milk
3: is racist. The guy on Jeopardy went like this, and they're like, oh, it said he's like, I won three times. I know it's a little weird, but whatever. Everything's racist. So nothing is racist. It just becomes one of those things. You're crying wolf. Right. You're crying wolf. And then when you look back at the true racism that the civil rights uh, uh, demonstrations were were born from that's fucking racism like where they're racism. dumping shit over your head because you're sitting at a Woolworth counter right. when you aren't able to ride uh, in the front linkings. of the bus publicly li- there was genuine crazy fucking racism the difference between now and then is amazing I mean Amazing that it, we were able to get to this point and still live
1: in relative peace. Yeah, but that's what I'm talking about when I'm saying that people are going to be able to read each other's minds oh and you're my going God. to be able to see intent. You're going to be like, "Oh, you're a psychopath <laughs> looking for <laughs> virtue. You're virtue signaling. Right. You're looking for people to think you're amazing when you're really kind of a piece of shit and you're this weird social climber. Would and you, you you're be social climbing to if they can read could read my mind? Yeah. No, they can already read my mind. i have a pretty <laughs> open book. What I say is what I think. Yeah, yeah. And but I, I mean- No, get in there. I'm genuinely a good person. Because
3: I know as as broadcasters especially, especially on a slow news day, you will spout shit about yourself and yes. things. And I, I get that. Over the years, I've thrown it all out there. Uh, But but there's probably one or two things you'd be like, I My probably. intentions
1: are good. I would be yeah, worried okay. about murderous thoughts. murderous thoughts. Murderous thoughts. Murderous thoughts would be a real problem. How many of those pop up? A day, <laughs> this, this uh, occasionally, occasionally, there's some Murderous. things where I, well, I want to go straight punisher, right? Right, cl- clean up, you know. And I'm pretty fucking liberal, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's that's another thing, like, I, I get labeled as an alt right person. Or I'm like, listen, not if you talk to me about issues, you talk to me, yeah. Like, if you want to talk about jokes, yeah, I crack some fucking off color jokes, why yeah. because I think it's funny. That's what I'm doing. I I assumed you understood what I was saying. Not only Uh, do
3: I think it's funny, a fucking arena full of people seem to think it's
1: funny. I know what I'm doing. You know, (laughs) like I'm. But I'm a good person. I try hard to be a good person. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I go out of my way to be a good person. It's mm-hmm. something I cultivate. I cultivate kindness. I really do. I cultivate my gentle nature. I try hard to work at it. That's I hard try to, to argue. I yeah. try to hug people. I try to be as friendly as I can. I, I'm not perfect, but I my intent is always to be a good person. I
3: think you've done that.
1: That's, I'm trying. I don't That's, think I really anybody do.
3: can. You know, say that you're but this a this that, shit. Like,
1: the thing about podcasts <laughs> or radio or anything like that is that someone can quote mine so they can go over the, I mean, I think if you added up 1,700 plus podcasts that are each at least two and a half hours, oh my God. I've been on the air for months, like, like straight.
3: Yeah, if you listen to all those back You're going to find back, some stupid shit.
1: For... And what's the yes. percentage that I'm high and drunk? Like 40, <laughs> 40%, you know?
3: What a great point! And I was saying it before uh, we did the show that uh, when I was on FM radio, uh, the only thing you really had to worry about was FCC regulations, yeah. which now seem quaint compared to what'll get you in trouble these days. Imagine it like was you know,
1: Howard stuff that he got oh, in trouble for on podcasts. Dude. It would be nothing.
3: Yeah, yeah. nothing. And and. and the things people get in trouble for now have nothing to do with what the FCC deemed to be this horrific thing to put right. out over the air. We got the uh, normal, you know, shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocks like a motherfucker, tit thing. Yeah. And then you have uh, bodily functions. You can't graphically yeah. describe bodily But vo- We would sit with lawyers all the time about that. So then we, we'd we get the GM, the general manager would come in and go, Opie Anthony, come into the office. We got an FCC complaint. Like, ah, fuck. And when you read it, when you're saying it, you're joking. There's comics in the room. It's a joke. It's this. When you read it in a federal
1: transcript, it looks so, so bad. So different. <laughs> it looks so, so different and so bad. And then the man said, Condoleezza Rice is my yes. bitch. Yes. And I will do this to her and uh, tie her up. number
3: one yeah. laughs. Voice And you're like, oh, this is, you know, it looks bad. But if you listen to the tape in context, you'll see that there was no seriousness to it. But that was the old days. Yeah. Now, you know, you, you give an opinion, a, a opinion that someone asked you for. Those, those are my favorite. Um, someone in the media will say, hey, Joe Rogan, what do you think about this? And you go, oh, I think blah, blah, blah. And then there'll be, Joe Rogan says. It's like, first of all, you asked me for an opinion. I was just walking down the street. And then you're using it to try to fuck me over.
1: Yeah, but it's there. It's news. It's something to talk about. Yeah. It's something that people disagree with, so they want to be upset about it. That honestly doesn't bother me that much. And one of the reasons why it doesn't bother me is like Spotify has had my back on every one of these Which things. Which is great. They say nothing he said is violated any of our terms. Because yeah. I don't... Do things to be a bad person. Yeah, yeah. But if I have an opinion on something and it just doesn't happen to fit with what you're trying to promote, sorry. An That's opinion what... now is like gospel. It's dangerous. It's, it's like, and, and when a comic
3: says something, What's you more? really have to yeah, you really have to put it in context that it's not know. it's not your physician saying it, exactly. it's not your lawyer saying it, it's not a politician saying it, it's a fucking comic yeah. saying it. And people are dying to get out and see funny comedy oh, again. Wild Dude. comedy. Cheers. Wild sir. comedy. Absolutely. Cheers. Thank you, Joe. Yeah. It's uh, we're doing this uh, comedians of the compound thing. We're at, uh, You're doing it at the creek in the cave, right? We're doing it at the Vulcan. Yeah. Oh,
1: Vulcan's great too.
3: Yeah. Vulcan uh, Friday and Saturday
1: night. Austin has a great fucking comedy scene. So
3: it well, it's alive right now. They, they followed you. <laughs> They're like Rogan's coming here. Fuck yeah! I'm comedy gonna get calls. them
1: all on. I'm, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll help them all. I'm, I want to promote it.
3: It's awesome. You do have this. Uh, how weird is that, dude? You got a power. You have a platform that is a power, and that's why people hate it. But I was saying you are what – especially to comics but to everybody, what fucking Johnny Carson was. Like this is the 2021, the the 21st century version of The Tonight Show. Late night TV shows aren't doing well. People don't like them. They – they're too sanitized they're sanitized yeah yeah there's no edge to it when you saw johnny carson in the old days and fucking sinatra would just walk out the curtain and dino's there and rickles they didn't know what the fuck was gonna happen yeah Yeah. and that's what people loved about it and now it's this antiseptic hey we're gonna see how many eggs you can juggle and and you know the, the the tough uh, cutting edge comedy of goofing on Trump. You know yeah. it just what you're doing here is the equivalent of of Carson with a new technology. People listen to you, they watch you. Guests want to be on the show. It's such a strange phenomenon because I've known you for so many years and
1: you're the guy now. <laughs> well, not only that, it was born out of your show a lot. Which of is it.
3: crazy. Which yeah. is crazy. It's I le- love legitimately
1: it, man. born out of your show. And not just Opie and Anthony, but again, live from the compound. I remember me and Red Band were oh, sitting God. in my house. We we're sitting in my house, watching on my laptop, you doing live in the compound. And we we're like, bro, we should fucking do something <laughs> like this. That's literally where we started doing the UStream. We started yeah. streaming on UStream because you were you were on UStream. That's right? That's what it was. Yeah, I, I that's grab, why I grab a
3: Barrett fifty caliber sniper rifle and sing love songs.
1: <laughs> it was psychotic. But, but you were doing it and, were, it, and they were upset. That was one, another thing. They yeah. were upset that you were doing it because Serious you had this radio gig. But you were like, but no, this is promoting the radio gig. Yeah. It's my house. Yeah, this is fun. Like I didn't sign a
3: contract that said I can't talk in my house on the internet. They didn't know what was going on.
1: They didn't have there wasn't they didn't shore up that loophole. Right. And that's
3: exactly why I was able to continue doing it.
1: And you had a full setup with like broadcast style microphones and real production. Yeah, I wanted it to look
3: professional. I, I said I want it to look like a fucking drunk broke into a professional studio. Well, what it was like <laughs> was like a drunk had a lot of money. Right. Well, it wasn't only like that. <laughs> it was exactly
1: that joke. And it was very appealing to me. I enjoyed it very right? much. Just Be-
3: having fun. Yeah, it
1: was fun. fun. A-
3: and it was. It's one of those things where, yeah, I had my job at Sirius XM, but there were... Bosses, there's management, there's yeah. other people that you have to deal with. When you set up something like that, it's you. I could do whatever the fuck I want. Yes. I, I could do it. I had uh, a, a girlfriend at the time that was like, I want you to do the weather. Like I just know that the screen screen, I could put a weather map up there and you just do it. And she's drunk and she's like, I think there's something kind of like this is funny. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what it means, but it's funny. <laughs> and I could do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. And and like you fucking took that to the umpteenth level and wasn't for a while what happened with mark maron like the joe rogan eclipse because <laughs> mark maron was the guy for a while he had obama on yeah he did at some obama point on. and then like he was the go-to podcast guy and then you fucking come out of nowhere Smoking weed and
1: drinking—that well, I think is the difference. Was, I think that was. And Mark Maron's still doing very madness. well. Maron's oh, yeah, doing yeah. very well. It's just his his thing is different. He's a more sedated guy. Yeah, yeah. it's like there's less. Chaos.
3: I think you're more open to um, other people's ideologies too. At least that, to listen that's to that's a big thing. Yeah, because you're not
1: I'm not opposed to listening to conservatives right. or liberals. Or, yeah. even though I'm a liberal and I get labeled a conservative all the time, I don't mind listening to people's perspective. I love Dan Crenshaw. I have him on all the time. Mm-hmm. I have I have conservative people on all the time. I don't mind. Yeah. But people get mad at me. Like I remember this lady. She made this fucking, this weird chart connecting people to people that they talk to and trying to equate guilt by association. Uh Oh, a
3: red thread and pin person. And so she had me
1: as this podcast host and all these platforms that I elevated. And it was very disingenuous because she didn't tag in all the liberal people that I had on. Right. All the progressive people that I had on. It was only the conservatives. And so I I tweeted her and I said, Barbara Walters interviewed Fidel Castro. Does that make her a communist? Yeah. And then she was like, Joe Rogan favorably compared himself to Barbara Walters. <laughs> like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing. I see where you're going with this. I see what
3: you're doing. Good luck. It's always a minefield. Yeah. But, uh, it, but
1: here's the thing: I don't have to get picked for anything. Yeah. So I'm not that guy who's trying to audition for things. I don't have to hedge my words. I don't. I just have to be a nice person. And I'm not trying to be a bad person. I'm just trying to be a nice person. But yeah, I'm gonna be honest. So because I don't have to worry. Some people interpret
3: that as being a bad person, by the way.
1: But it's because I don't have to worry about the way most people have to worry. I don't have to, so I'm not going to.
3: Have you ever been chastised, lack of a better word, from uh, your UFC job? Never. Really?
1: Fucking How awesome is that? Dana White doesn't give a fuck. Dude, isn't that great? He gives 18 levels of fucks less (laughs) than me. He doesn't I give a fuck. It. That guy's worth a half a billion dollars. and yeah. He doesn't give a fuck. He, he's wearing fucking sneakers and t-shirts. Yep. If you looked at him, you'd never know he's rich as shit. He's as normal as they come. He's just a regular dude. If you hung out with him, you'd love him. He's a great guy. He's I, great. I've met him a
3: couple of times. He's fucking great. Uh, I think he was on the O&A show uh, oh, yeah. once or twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Because uh, a lot of people, I think... And the only reason I asked that, I kind of assumed it, is that I think a lot of people wonder that, like, oh, does Joe have to tame some stuff down so he doesn't fuck up his gig?
1: There was an issue where someone was talking to Dana about it one time, and he goes, hey, listen, I don't give a fuck what Rogan's talking about as long as he's talking about MMA. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Long, when he talks about MMA, I give a fuck what he says about MMA, and yeah. he knows that what I say about if I'm talking about fighters and fights, I'm always very respectful. I treat it with reverence. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm when I'm when I'm, I'm trying to do my very best. That comes across, to give yeah. lo, like uh, to give life with these words to 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 to, to, to honor what they're doing. That's yep. what I'm trying to do. That's my goal. My goal is to just I'm like a professional fan. And I know enough about it that I can describe things in a way that makes it a little bit more exciting. Yep. I'm a comedian, so I could give a little flavor to things. I just want—I want to enhance the broadcast.
3: You could tell you're passionate about it. Like there are people that just have a job and they're supposed to be like, "Yeah, this is great. I'm talking about that," and and you know, then no. they punch out and they're done. But you could tell like you're passionate about that fucking sport, uh, and it comes across every time. Dude, man. I
1: did that gig for free. For the first 15 shows. Oh yeah. shit. Yeah, that's what happened. The UFC was struggling. They had just bought the company. It wasn't financially viable. They weren't we're making like money. were like the
3: big guys at the time.
1: There was like Tito Ortiz, oh, okay. Chuck Liddell. This was Liddell. like pre-2005. 2005. 2005 is when it really took off because of The Ultimate Fighter. That was season one of The Ultimate yeah. Fighter. So I was on Fear Factor, and Dana and I became friends because he offered me tickets to the fights when they had just bought the UFC. So I would go to these UFC events, and uh, I was a giant fan. So I would talk to Dana about Pride and K-1 and, like, you should try to get Sakurai. Do you know about this guy? Have you ever seen Fedor fight? I would talk about all these different fighters, and then Dana was like, Why don't you do commentary? I'm like, listen, I come here to get drunk and with my (laughs) friends and have fun. I work all day. I do stand up and I just want to come, like, whenever you have the fights and sit down and have a good time. So he talked me into it once because they were doing UFC 37 and a half. Now they're at. Two sixty-two,
3: crazy yeah
1: and UFC 37 and a half was best damn sports show period remember that show yeah yeah they were doing a simulcast where best damn sports show period and Leanne Tweeden was in there and I was in there and we were They was helping to promote the UFC and kind of make like a big deal of it and Tito Ortiz fought Chuck Liddell or no excuse me um, Chuck Liddell fought uh, Vitor Belfort and it was like a big fight it was a big deal and he asked me to do commentary. And I said, okay, I'll do it this one time. So I did it this one time, that's 100% like, for free. And then he said, come on, do it again. And how your you
2: feel
3: doing it? Were you comfortable? Like, it was I think I did a good job. And- <laughs> I
1: mean, I was terrible. If you listen to me today, <laughs> I would say I was annoying. You know, if I would go, I didn't, I'm not a professional. At early, that. early tapes of anything and you do are just the worst. I tell that to comics when they're thinking about yeah, doing a yeah. podcast. Like, oh, I don't want to, that's me. Look at me. Oh, Fresh my faced. God. Fresh-faced Shout Fresh out to Jeff Osborne. Kid my man, Jeff Osborne. Full of piss and vinegar. Yeah. The whole world at his feet. Mm. Well, look how excited I was. Woo. You really are. But it was legit. It was 100%. Be- look at all that hair. Oh, my God. It was, <laughs> I was so happy then. It was uh, I'm happy now. But it was... It, so uh, I did that, and then Dana talked me into doing another one. And then I said, look... And there was, you know, we never. And like, I remember my manager was like, "Hey, you should probably be getting paid for this." I'm like, "Ah!" A I, manager, d- I told him, I go, just, course. I go, yeah. fly me out. I have the best manager ever. But I was like, look, just, I told him, just fly me out and give some tickets to my friends. I go, we just want to have some drinks, watch some great fights, have a nice meal, go, go get some steak. Right. A great night, simple pleasures. That's what I wanted. I wanted a great night. And so then it was like. Fifteen fights in, and then they were like, "Look, we want to offer you a contract." Wow! And then you know, next thing you know, I'm, I've been doing it now since two thousand and one. That's isn't crazy. it
3: amazing? Ha- Haven't some of the greatest gigs you've gotten just happened because of? A time and a place and a luck and...
1: Doing things because you like them. The same thing with this podcast. I didn't get any money out of this podcast for fucking years and years years and years. Took forever. Because I didn't do it for money. I did it for fun. Yeah. I did it because I saw you with a machine gun standing in front of a green screen. (laughs) And I was like, I want to do that. That looks like he's having a good time. When you can have fun...
3: Like when when I started... I got fired back in 2014. I've been doing compound now seven years.
1: And by the way, when you guys got fired... That was when I started doing your show. No, no, when no well, we before got fired that, not from 2014. Terrestrial when you, yeah. Radio. When you guys got yeah. fired the first time, I wrote an article on my blog about it. Oh shit, yeah. And in support of you guys. Like, yeah. this yeah. is crazy. You've and,
3: always been fucking supportive.
1: And dude. then when that happened, that's when I started doing your show.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I uh, when I when I got fired in 2014, uh immediately, I was like I I got to strike while the iron's hot. The name's still out there, still the ONA thing, can't take any time off. And me and Keith Maresca, Keith the cop, threw it together, um, like how to learn everything of how to put it out there. I knew how to go in my basement and make a show. I just didn't know at the end of the wire where everything else was supposed to go. Yeah. Yeah, right. Now it's got to go out. So there's logistics. There's bandwidth charges. There's all these things no one fucking thinks about when you're talking about uh, uh, do- putting together a, uh, uh, especially video broadcast the
1: bandwidth charges are giant it's crazy no
3: one figures that shit out like they never think of it it's like oh you put it online
1: corolla was the first guy to talk about that i remember him talking about his monthly charge i was like
3: yeah what well let me tell you something that happened in fucking 1997 i was working at waaf up in uh, massachusetts with opie it was the first gig i ever had uh and digital cameras were first starting to come out and they were just giant fucking things and No compression on the pictures. It was just a a nightmare to download and try to put up on a site. Well, I went to this uh, internet provider up there. This is the 90s and got a page and I was like, this is the Opie and Anthony show page. I'm going to take pictures of what we do during the day in the studio and we had naked girls up there all the time and fucking there, there was something we called the blue tarp cabaret. We'd put a blue tarp on the floor and have naked girls wrestle in whatever food was laying around. So we'd take (laughs) creamed corn and fuck it. It was great. And I'm snapping pictures with this digital camera. Then I'd go home and put that and some video, short clips of video up on on the site. And I'm like, this is great. No one's doing this. No one's giving the people the visual medium of what's going on in the radio studio at that time. Like I said, mid-90s. Well, at the end of the month, this internet company that I've been using, TIAC, they were called, sends me a bill for $30,000 <laughs> 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 bandwidth, because these videos oh weren't God. compressed. Oh these were God. like full fucking 40 AVI, 40 meg fucking. And, and they're like, what did you expect? No, you can't just put, because I didn't know. Right. So uh, I talked to them, and they're like, look, we get this a lot. We'll wipe that clean, but just... You have to know that you're going to be charged X amount of uh, money for, for these things. And I'm like, oh, that's the
1: catch. It was a different world. Oh, that's the what, Wild West. That's how they get you, with whether it's YouTube or – like YouTube in particular, because with YouTube, there's no cost but right. you're under their control. Yeah. And that's where it gets strange. And if
3: your material is getting views, they're going to make money.
1: They're like, going to make money, but they don't treat you like you're a partner per se. No, 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 no. Cuz there's too many partners. Yeah. Like there's millions and millions and millions of people uploading constantly. So it's very hard for them to manage all that. So yep. They hire people to do it. And the problem with those people that are hiring it is that it's all subjective. They can decide this one is demonetized. This yeah. one's oh, not. Oh, they do it all the time. Tim Dillon is a real problem. Like Tim Dillon's, most of his stuff gets demonetized. Yep. So he's got to start this Patreon page because he's funny. So he says wild shit. And when he says wild shit, they're like, stop, stop, That's stop it. with the wild D-platform. shit. That's platform But meanwhile, the wild shit is what's making him popular. Do you understand there's yeah. a market for wild shit? Yeah,
3: there, there is. And then they'll tell you, uh, well, make your own internet. <laughs> like, oh. look, motherfucker, I have made everything I can that is self-sufficient. But at some point, yeah. it has to leave my hands and go to Fios's fiber optic cables. It's got to go to a server. It's yeah. got to use Amazon. It's got to use this. And all those are vulnerabilities to people saying, hey, why you got this piece of shit? You know, right? That, so that that's always <laughs> the weak link
1: <laughs> in in the machine. Well, they've done one thing that you got to give credit to when it comes to social media and these these uh, these platforms. They have silenced conservative thought oh. you know, in a in a strange way. When you look in at
3: twenty sixteen,
1: yeah, you look at like Milo when he was at his peak. Yeah,
3: Yiannopoulos was yeah. I mean,
1: huge, and he was almost untouchable because he was a gay guy. Yeah. who was married to a black guy, right. saying wild shit. Wild conservative and, things. And that was his his thing.
3: Now they scared his, the gay out of him. He's ah! not even gay anymore. They petrified him so bad, the <laughs> gay
1: left his body. His act, <laughs> his what he was doing was saying wild shit. That was his yeah. business model. Yeah. Yeah, but you talked to that guy off air, and I know you have. He's oh, yeah, a yeah. lovely guy. Really is. He really is. I just is. spoke to him probably... Three weeks ago. And he was people on the got show. mad because of what he was promoting. But yeah, I think yeah. part of the problem was that there was an established power base of like liberal thought and left leaning thought and they were in control of the tech platforms. And when these guys like Milo in particular, he was the big one because he was so charismatic. Yeah. And he got through, then all of a sudden they were like, Jesus Christ, we got a real problem here. We don't Dangerous. agree with this guy, we don't agree with him, and he's out there wilding. And they yep. didn't know what to do with him because he was gay, because he was married to a black guy. Like,
3: fuck! Yeah, we can't call and him he's a racist. Jewish! We can't call him homophobic. We can't call him anti-Semitic.
1: He had everything. What label can we put on this guy? Well, they <laughs> just decided to just silence him. Yeah. And w- interestingly enough, one of the problems with him was some shit that he said on my show, ironically. Because he was talking about oddly enough, right, young Joe? guys yep. having sex with gay older men, and, that, and one of his personal yes, experiences. But here's the thing, man. Like I've talked to multiple gay friends who have had similar experiences, and they and this is a small sample size, right? I'm talking about like six or seven guys, and they've said that in their world, like comics and uh, other folks. They've said that in that world, that's normal. It's mm-hmm. normal for, like, a 15-year-old, 16-year-old gay guy to have a relationship with a 35-year-old gay man. Right. And I'm like, oh, okay. It's 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 interesting. Like, I'm not saying that it's right, but I'm saying that it's common. Do you say these things on purpose, Joe? That I'm not saying that it's right? No, I, what just, do you mean? I just see the headline now. I don't
3: give a fuck. I
1: don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I mean, I'm just telling my what my friends I know. have told me. I,
3: and I, I find that awesome because every time something's said— like that, all I see is, not that I give a fuck either, believe me, all I see is a headline saying uh, Joe Rogan endorses
1: gay child sex. I don't. (laughs) Of course not. But they say, the people that I've talked to, that it's not in their world, it's right. not th- thought of the same. Remember, was that guy? Who's that? A uh, film producer that have those wild parties? who would have like a whole pool filled with Roman gay guys. Polanski. No, 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 no. He would oh, gay guys. Brian singer. oh, yes, singer. Yeah, got in deep trouble for that very thing. Yes, because he'd have, he'd have like young guys. I don't know if they were eighteen or whatever they were, but he'd have like a shitload of them in a pool together partying. Yeah, and they'd do photos. People are like that's a problem. But is it a problem? Because they look like they're having a good time. What's the problem?
3: Yeah. Well, the problem is that the laws are saying these aren't uh, people aren't able to consent to what might be happening out of the pool a little later.
1: I want to put it this way Imagine if it was a a pool filled with these young guys, and then outside the pool was all 50 year old women who look like Elizabeth Hurley. Mm -hmm. Who's got a problem with that? Who's got a problem with all these straight. 17 year old guys banging super hot 50 year old women how about zero people no one fucking zero no people one. think about if you had like think about all the hottest older actresses ladies that are hanging on yeah really strongly hanging on if you found out they were banging 17 year old kids you would be you'd want to high five those kids <laughs> yeah who had, had a bit about that um <laughs> uh Zach Galifianakis. Mm. He was talking about a, a young boy died after he had sex with his teacher because his friends high fived him to death.
3: High fived him. <laughs> <laughs> we do a bit on the show whenever there's a teacher that is having sex with their underage yes. students, and it's like mm. we don't show the face of the teacher first, and we talk about what happened. Why don't you we show her face. We read. Well, not immediately. We just read what happened. Right. And it's like all right, she drove him back to the house. They had some drinks. They went into the bedroom. She performed oral sex on and stuff. And then we go, okay, now we're going to look at the face and see how much time is she going to get in jail. And then, bam, we pop it up and go, slap on the wrist, walks away with the judge going have a great life because she's hot she's fucking smoking (laughs) and it's every time and then you read the sentencing and it is literally hey you now you knock it off 100
1: percent. and then
3: sometimes it's the lunch lady looking thing we're like oh that's fucking 25 to life and you know and god forbid it's a guy teacher yes. having sex with a girl, yeah. they are just done. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Over, Johnny. The,
1: the idea of sexual equality does not, uh, nah. I, I used to have a bit about that, that sexual equality, there's no sexual equality in child molesting, that <laughs> it's just, we think right? very differently <laughs> of it. because there was Because there was a, there was a commercial, alright, there was a commercial for Just For Men, do you remember this commercial? Just For Men is like hair dye? Yeah. And there was a baby, a fucking baby was driving around a Porsche. It's the craziest commercial of all time. There's a baby driving around a Porsche with a smoking hot lady. So he's got a grown lady with him. Look, this is a baby driving around this car. <laughs> Look at this little this beard. is just for men. So he pulls up. At a fucking club, and look at him. Come he's on. like, what, what is this? What Why is, is this? It's the yes. baby. So now the baby has a bottle, and he's on the dance floor with all these broads, and he's he's dancing, and they're all hot, and they're hanging around with a fucking baby. Dude, and it doesn't make yeah. any sense. What's now, the MO? My, my bit was, Imagine if it was a, a small girl, like a three-year-old girl that's driving a car and she goes to a nightclub. They let her in and everywhere there's dudes with kilts on, swinging (laughs) cocks. You'd be like, you're going straight to jail. What the fuck is this? But that commercial, because there is no sexual equality when it comes to child molesting, that commercial is deemed acceptable, but for some strange reason.
3: There is what the no fuck equality. Is
1: Show me that again. I don't what even know fuck what is that?
3: the what the goal is there. Is it that you'll look younger? You look like a baby. You'll look Anthony. like I understand like if they want to say, well, if you dye your beard, you'll look younger,
1: but it doesn't It sense. doesn't make any sense. Look at it. He's got an old Porsche. Look at the girl. Yeah. She's hot as fuck. She's so happy. He's hilarious, and he's driving too. By the way, look they're at letting him. him in like he's been there before. Yeah, and they're all cheering <laughs> when he shows up. There's a baby. He's got bottle. a bottle, dude. They're kissing him. Yes, they're kissing him. Imagine, and look at him dancing. And then he's out on the dance floor. Look at the, dressed how short like their skirts are. Look at the girls behind him. Yeah, yeah. Them. Look at that. It's crazy.
3: Now, also, you know, you Keep could predict the dream. where they're going. Does they're this, gonna fuck? They're does going this fuck. 100%. Fuck? are they fucking?
1: hundred percent. He went there he got her all juiced up they're dancing <laughs> got a couple of drinks in her he's got his bottle of milk he's ready to go I, I i've seen the way they make
3: commercials and stuff and and everyone from the company usually sits at a conference room and they play it and then it ends and then they go okay so what do you think like that room must have just been like love it perfect that's <laughs> our brand love it
1: good it's on brand with just for think men
3: someone was sitting there just going like in big, I don't get it. I don't get
1: it. It's a bug. No, no one <laughs> no, said that. They're everybody, all a bunch of perverted men. Right, right. Like, yeah, I want to be a baby and fuck some old ladies. It doesn't make any sense. It's the craziest <laughs> commercial of all time. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that commercial's so crazy. But it, 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 it uh, you could never reverse the sexes no, in no, that commercial. No, no, no. Impossible. No, 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 no. So it shows yeah. that we are not thought of as equals. No, no, no. Especially We're just not. not in that that
3: category uh yeah the whole man women equality thing has has caused so much shit the um making the police departments diverse the military they just came out with a statistic that a huge percentage of women are failing the physical fitness test for basic entry into into the army that men pass Every single—you get the wimpiest guy who's going to pass it. And women are having a problem with this, yet we keep seeing this push to diversify the military. I just picture Russia and China laughing their balls off. Like, I saw a CIA commercial, a couple of them that have been playing.
1: Oh, the diversity commercial? Yeah. The inclusiveness commercial? Dude,
3: there's a gay dude. Who's like, the, I
1: haven't seen the commercial. I've heard of it. Oh, dude, it's Let's see CIA it. want to see it.
3: diversity commercial. There's one. It's a gay guy. He he's a librarian for the CIA, and his job is to pick out mind-bending games for the agents to play. And he 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 was all psyched that the this is a commercial. F, the CIA agent. Yeah, it's like a it's like a recruitment, a recruitment thing. He was happy that. Um, Head of the FBI at the time, Brennan, had a rainbow lanyard on his thing. And I'm just thinking, what happened to, like, the CIA? That isn't the place for diversity. There is just some places where the best people that are suited for the job should be given the job. Yeah. And, and and if that's a gay guy, that's fine. But why advertise, like, hey, we need more gay
1: people in the CIA? Well, because in this day and age, it's there's, like, a narrative and that narrative is inclusivity and diversity trumps meritocracy. Yes. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah! So is this it? No, so, I don't, this. I'm no, I don't this think is this is, is it. Our no, nation was counting it. on you. No, because okay. they had another thing going on this week. It's C- uh, CIA, CIA woke. Is woke yeah, now, it's apparently. it's the woke CIA,
3: but. What uh, is that one though? Is that a different yeah, woke? Not, this yeah, is not the explaining. I think um,
1: <laughs> ethnic one. This the CIA went from waterboarding terrorists to torturing Americans with shitty woke commercials. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Daily Dot. It's That's so hilarious. Fucked up. Shout out to Claire. How do you say her last name?
3: So of course, Go on my show, forth. we were playing the ad and then calling him a Jack Reacher round. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and ci gay ah.
3: and then there was another one a blind woman a blind woman in the cia
1: is this it right here what is this what uh, right they it? post on their no, twitter no that's
3: another one
1: this corner, is but. on their twitter it says i am unapologetically me i want you to be unapologetically you whoever you are whether you work at the cia or anywhere else in the world command your space Miha. you are a gay are worth guy it.
3: It's a gay guy okay, okay. CIA recruitment.
1: Okay, play that. I want to see should that. Should get it. Okay, hold on. Can we play it? I want to see what that how how that's made. Well, you know they're just trying to tap into this this movement that we have today.
3: But isn't it isn't it like everything else over history? Like I, I the one thing I remember in the '90s was uh, when when you watched videos on MTV and grunge was huge. They had those grunge-looking videos from Nirvana, and it was the shake camera, and and the, the, the focal point was really narrow, so, like, Kurt would go out and he'd be blurry, and then he'd come back in, in focus, Yeah, like, doing that. It was a look that grunge videos had. And I knew that was over when I saw a McDonald's commercial using that look. I'm like, okay, this oh, is done. You're never going to yeah. see that. So I think this is just that, it's another Here way go. for them to they go, oh, I think it's uh, Humans of CIA, that guy. humans down one. CIA. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's the gay okay, dude.
0: Click on this one, let me hear this. I wanted to be a librarian the first time I set foot in a library. <laughs> I was always a little different, even at that age, <laughs> and libraries offered a safe, quiet space where I could find tens of thousands of escapes into worlds of fantasy, mystery, and intrigue. After finishing college, I entered the workforce as a middle school librarian where I was able to bring that dream full circle and match my students with the perfect books. Now, I get to experience that same type of fulfillment in a very different way here at CIA. I love my job because I have no idea what type of research question is coming through the door next. It might be as simple as an HR officer needing to clarify a law, or as complex as an analyst needing to help identify something they saw in a video still. There's something incredibly rewarding about knowing you are having a very real impact of potentially global proportions. As an agency librarian, I work to ensure that our collection and services are matched up with what CIA needs. Not only am I involved in the acquisitions of journals, books, and countless electronic resources, I'm also encouraged to curate special collections that challenge expectation. <laughs> Recently, I brought in our intelligence gaming collection to give Whoa. officers unique what? opportunities to practice skills what? they need in their various roles. Splendor Mastering for hours in front of a computer based training, they can play a carefully selected game. I have a specific, specific set, set of skills. skills while simultaneously building on the myriad soft skills essential to intelligence work. What this is the My CIA thing about CIA is that they encourage the out of the box ideas that drive real progress. Growing up gay in a small southern town. I was lucky to have a wonderful and accepting family. I always struggled with the idea that I might not be able to discuss my personal life at work. Imagine my surprise when I was taking my oath at CIA and I noticed a rainbow on then-director Brennan's lanyard, which I later learned was designed by Angle, one of the many employee resource groups here at the agency. I remember being stunned. Since then, however, I've learned that far beyond the resource groups, inclusion is a core value here. Officers from the top down work hard to ensure that every Inclusion. single person, whatever wow. their gender, gender identity, race, disability, or sexual orientation, can bring their entire. How self many to times we've we seen that day.
3: entranceway in movies?
1: Yeah, bullets flying. There I, it is. I would. When I'm looking at that, what I'm thinking is like the CIA. Like it's great if they want to hire gay people, Fine. hire everybody. I got but, no qualms. Does that guy want to be working there for real? I don't does, know. Does it seem like he wants to find Snowden and rat him out of his hole in Russia <laughs> and bring him back to face yeah, yeah. face charges? I doesn't I don't think he does. I don't know. It seems like that guy would be better off, you know, in a university somewhere. Yeah, or, yeah. Like working somewhere yeah. where they're they're not trying to torture people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> maybe
3: they'll just use him to squirrel know. back some microfilm
1: if you, I don't, I mean, if you what know they what I doing? mean. But maybe maybe their strategy is and this is probably a valid strategy, right? The more diverse thinkers you get working in an environment, the more you can solve problems because you got some out-of-the-box type thinking. Like, maybe. Maybe they're doing that to recruit people because they feel like the world is a little different than it used to be. Like, we need some people that think along these sort of woke lines. Get the
3: gay angle. You and can then get the- you
1: infiltrate. Like, imagine that guy is an undercover agent, and you get him infiltrating organizations and oh my God. ratting people out. Right. Because that's really what a lot of the, the CIA honey does. The gay honeypot. Like, the CIA, is, a lot of his undercover work. Yeah, yeah. Right? So a lot of these people, like, you can't have some fucking Club Soda Kenny guy going undercover <laughs> at a gay rave trying to find out who the ecstasy dealers are, right? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. need different folks.
2: <laughs>
3: But know. could you see if you're like some John Wick type character, and this guy's telling you to play fucking a game of Trouble with him to learn how to do right. something? It just doesn't. It, it doesn't, doesn't jive play. with what we think. Uh, the Central Intelligence uh, Agency. My, I can't is.
1: imagine there's real value in playing games like that. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, that seems like theater. That seems like nonsense.
3: Yeah, yeah. Like they made some job for this guy to say that we have gay people in the CIA. I can't picture, you know, the old George H.W. in his prime when he was with the CIA going – Like, oh, I'm going to play some fucking games with the gay librarian.
1: Do you really understand what we're dealing with with the CCP? Do you really understand what's going (laughs) on there with these internment camps for Uyghur Muslims? Do you really understand what's happening in the fucking dark corners of the world where real horrific crimes against humanity are currently being committed? Yeah. Because, you know, this is wonderful if this guy really does love that job. (laughs) <laughs>
3: Let's it's just like play some Yahtzee so, and we'll figure it all out. It
1: seems so crazy.
3: It, it really does. I And then, so I saw these spots, and we, we did a, a, th- a break on them on the show. So I go home, and I'm watching a documentary about the CIA in the 60s. So 1968, there was a Russian submarine that came apart, some kind of explosion inside, and sank in the Pacific. Americans heard the explosions— uh, from there, they had sonar for uh, missile tests that they wanted to keep track of for the Russians and this Chinese. This is neither
1: confirm nor deny, right? Oh, is it? Isn't that the origin of neither confirm nor deny? Like, Because they didn't... Want to exactly say that it happened or right. didn't happen?
3: Yeah, it wasn't the, the Kursk or anything. It was uh, another another sub. Oh, okay, Americans knew exactly where it was. The Russians are all over trying to find it, but the Americans knew that the Russians would be watching them. They had they like all right, we're gonna raise this submarine and find the missiles and all their uh, intelligence information in this thing. They built a ship. They built it from scratch under the CIA. And they used Howard Hughes' company because he's this rich guy. And they decided the cover story was going to be Howard Hughes is taking this boat out to mine metal at the bottom of 20,000 feet of ocean. Yes, Azorian. Project, Azorian. Project Azorian. Wow. Dude, they took this thing out. The mechanics behind it was amazing. They It was a giant claw that picked up the submarine, brought it into the sliding doors. It was like a Bond movie of the boat. Closed it, drained the water, and got everything they needed out of this sub. While the Russians were literally watching the boat, they <sighs> never knew that they had fucking done this. And I'm like, that's the CIA. They, they got
1: that through playing Yahtzee with a nose ring. Yeah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think anyone sat back and played Mousetrap or fucking Tiddlywinks or Skittle Bowl. Uh, to to figure out how to do it. the engineering behind it, they literally had to build a ship that looked like a mining ship, yeah, but was able to lift a fucking submarine without anyone seeing it into the bottom of a ship. Sci-fi stuff here, wow. Uh, but that's it. Actually happened. It's a brilliant story. What year was that? Nineteen. It It sunk in sixty-eight, but it went up to like nineteen seventy-five. It took them a long time because they wanted to, they didn't want the Russians to know what they were doing. Yeah, and it, it took a while to build the ship from scratch. They built this thing. A, it's a giant ship.
1: February 1975, investigative reporter and former New York Times writer Seymour Hirsch had planned to publish a story on Project, Project Azorian. The New York Times' Washington bureau chief at the time said in 2005 that the government offered a convincing argument to delay publication. Can Good you luck imagine, with that today. Can
3: you imagine? They imagine. actually were able to tell the press, hey, could you keep this on the QT? It's the Russians. Right. We need to do that Now, forget about it. No. I'm standing here on a boat as America tries to raise a Russian submarine.
1: Wow, that's wild.
3: Yeah, that was the old days, man. Now it's, you know, blind and gay and (laughs) LGBTQ (laughs) CIA agents. I don't know if that's good. I I think the inclusion part of anything is good. I think if you're gay and you want to be a CIA agent, that's fine. But not because you're a gay CIA agent. Right. Just exactly. be gay and be a CIA right. agent, uh, and that's always been my argument. I don't have people. People get me wrong a lot of times. Joe. I know they do. They think I'm, you know, I'm this uh, racist guy. I'm sexist. I'm homophobic. I love people to just do what they want to do, mind their own business, have fun, have a great life. Regardless, it's when you're you're sacrificing, uh, especially our country and our abilities and and. Just
1: for the virtue of someone being gay. because they're gay. Or someone being Asian or someone being whatever it is. I love the gay people. Me and Keith, we take Keith's boat out to Fire Island
3: in the summer. We go to Cherry Grove because Keith has a buddy that's a gay NYPD cop, retired. And it is the funnest time. Just gay dudes everywhere. Yeah, no one parties like gay dudes. Gay dudes can party in fucking thongs. They don't give a shit. And they' we're like it's so funny it's like, oh, do people think you're gay? It's like no no maybe they do I mean there's look there's, dude there's some those gay guys are gorgeous. there's some unfortunate looking <laughs> gay fellows an old queen is like the the that's the saddest thing ever, right yeah, an old queen because it's almost like because they had to make it through the period in the seventies and eighties with AIDS, mm. so it's almost like you're looking at a, a nom vet that made it <laughs> back or that. Because yeah, you look like, how did you live? And, and, but it's like, ah, he's old, and you know, it's like gay. The gay lifestyle for dudes is a young man's game. It is, yeah. right?
1: Or it's a sugar daddy game. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's another that thing. Too.
3: If you have enough money to be a sugar daddy, you could have uh, all the gay well, sex you want. Wasn't that
1: with those the Brian Singer argument? Mm. Wasn't that what he was allegedly doing? They were accusing him. Oh of doing? yeah,
3: sugar daddies. Well, there's yeah. that
1: predatorial
3: thing. Like, and, and I think gay people get a lot of flack for that—that that they're perceived as these sexual predators of of underage people. But which know, is like why said, people got mad at Milo. It's a young person's get. Yeah, he just said, "Look, my." Again, personal experience was this. He was saying what he went through.
1: Well, he was saying, believe me, I was the predator. I was the predator. Yeah, yeah. That's when, what he said. When he was a young guy. Well, he was saying in the relationship that he had with the older guy. With the older guy. He was, he the, was, one was pursuing the one.
3: Him. Hey, whatever gets you through the fucking night. I don't know night. if
1: that's true or if it's just with him, you don't know yeah. how much of it is just theater, how much of he's just fucking around.
3: He really is a showman.
1: Yeah. What I is mean, he doing now, though? Uh, it's like he has to do stunts, like turn straight. Now it's to get turning people to straight. Talk
3: about him. Dude, he's he's he. I talked to him a couple of weeks ago. He's in Florida. He's opening up a fucking like a clinic to make people not gay. Oh, he's really doing this. He's re- and I said I, I asked him straight out. I go, Milo, is this a work? What are you doing? And he went through this whole. Thing where he said no, he he found some religion, and he really does think that the gay lifestyle is such a bad thing, and it's Mm. unhealthy, and it's so. He went through all this stuff, and and again, who knows? You know,
1: well, who knows what kind of damage has you know been done to him and to his psyche by being ostracized, and you know,
3: I asked him that too. I said, you know, a lot of times when people make these unbelievable reversals and changes in their lives it's after this horrific experience where you might be depressed or suicidal or something a lot of born-again Christians have to go through uh, a lot of shit before they they make that jump and I'm like is this because you know you've been outcast you're fucking a scourge of society right and you know you want to jump on something else whether it's I need to make money so let me do this or if it's genuinely like maybe my life has fucked up my my life, you know, and, and you have right. to fix it.
1: Well, it's all like, what a drop off. The guy goes yeah. from being in the middle of the public conversation. I mean, he was, mm-hmm. they were constantly talking about him to all platforms removed from yep. everything. Yeah. And that's over the period of just a couple of years.
3: Well, one of the most unfair things that are going on these days, and I, I hate the excuse... Private company, they could do what they want. It's like, no, you've the, given them too you know. much power. Mm-hmm. Private companies now have too much power. Twitter is a great example because I've been booted from Twitter so many times. And it's one of the most useful show prep tools I have. So I have to make accounts. right? And, you know, I've made a few accounts over the years after I've been booted. And What did you get booted for? I, I've been booted for a few things. I got booted for... Usually it was being mean, name-calling. Some girl Mm. was giving Jim Norton shit, and she was this, like, bozo (laughs) red-haired nose ring girl. And I said, uh, I go, oh, she must, I said something like she must have used her period blood to dye her hair, (laughs) something like that. And that was it. Gone, gone. (laughs) Like that? Out of everything? Now I'm getting, I, I have a finesse now where I know to say enough where now my fans pick up where where it's going
1: well that's what they worry that's called a dog whistle Anthony. it's
3: a dog whistle yeah, dog exactly whistle. I dog whistle a little bit and uh, but isn't that weird that you have to like because you even have
1: to th- but that was the thing that was happening like there were so many aggressive conservative voices that were in many people's eyes put Trump a- in office meaner I think yeah. so yeah I think it was a, a huge yeah. Yeah. yeah and they that's one of the reasons why they decided okay we can't have this right and so we're going to clean this up. But the problem is you can't get woke enough. And once they've cleaned it up in a certain department, they'll move left. Yeah. And then they'll keep moving left. And next thing you know, either you're a socialist or you're a piece of shit. Either you're yep. a Marxist or you're a piece of shit. And that's, that's coming. It comes for everybody, man. It you does. Know, Brett Weinstein had a, uh, a thing that he was doing called Unity 2020, where he was trying to take intelligent, rational voices from the left and the right and put together a candidate that sort of, like, meet, or, or, or a party, or put together two, two, two candidates that meet in, in a, like, a, a rational center. And, like, to say, mm-hmm. like, look, we can have, there's really reasonable people on the right and really reasonable people on the left. And if we got the two of them together, maybe we can kind of deal with a lot of the issues that a lot of this country has. They banned his Twitter account. A <laughs> lot they banned unity 2020 like, because they felt the like the very essence of <laughs> exactly they felt like promoting Christ. a controversial third party was dangerous at this time where it was critical in their eyes right. that the the democrats take control again and so anything that was against this narrative of re-electing or electing a, a Democrat and getting Trump out of office. Anything that can get in the way of that. Right. Like some Ross Perot type monkey wrench, I mean, which is how Bill Clinton got in office. Yes. Right? They like, don't want that to take votes it's like, I'm away. like, i will explain to you exactly out. what's going on with the Federal Reserve. <laughs> it's not even federal. And you're like, what? And remember he had that half hour show he took out. He was so yeah, rich, yeah. he bought TV. Yeah. It was before the internet. And he told people how you're getting fucked with your taxes and everybody's like what and so he got so many votes that george hw never got a second term and clinton got into office yeah it split the uh republican vote so they're looking at it that way like look we can't have any of this unity 2020 shit fuck unity we have a mandate and it's that's where it's crazy because there is yes. no harassment, there is there's no discrimination involved in this. There's no negativity. There's no meanness. No. There's no there's nothing awful. There's nothing discriminatory. All they're saying is we think it would be better for everybody if we had rational people from both sides meet in the middle and find out what's best for the country. They're like too dangerous.
3: Nope. Can't have that. They
1: banned their Twitter account.
3: Yeah. Well, that's that's what they're doing. It's madness. I. I was watching that clip um, of you and Chappelle, and you were talking about you can't be woke enough. Yeah. And it was the SNL thing with Elon. Yeah. Uh, And you – I was like, yes, yes, when you said this is – people don't understand how amazing Elon Musk is. Yeah. Like this guy is a fucking treasure,
1: and and there's people that don't want to do a – a skit with people him? People who are... <laughs> Just, who, I, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know how many of the cast members were actually complaining about it. But I do know that a lot of people that were fans... and... A lot of people that were... What I was reading was fans were complaining about it. Woke fans. And I'm like, are you out of your off. fucking mind? Yeah. Do you understand what this meant? First of all, there's nothing he does that's negative. No. You you might say that like him tweeting about selling Tesla public at 420... like like that might be like but he's just being a a a fun guy on twitter he's kind of crazy he is
3: which uh, is genius that's part of being a genius
1: and simultaneously running four spectacularly disruptive uh companies like he's putting rockets into space he's making the best electric cars he's making solar panels for your roof he's he's fucking boring tunnels under the earth
3: but he said uh, fuck you to california yeah and his people, you know, he, he wanted his factories here. to start working. He came out yeah. here. The fucking guy yesterday I just read uh the 10th Falcon 9 booster uh landed. Yeah. He used this thing 10 fucking times already to launch shit. I remember as a kid, it was a big thing. You'd be like, "Oh, they're going to launch something in three months." This guy's sending rockets up on the daily, yeah. just like putting uh, internet satellites. He's got the the Satlink thing going up, where he's putting these satellites up that will give the entire Earth high speed internet. internet. Yeah, and what he's not a good, not good enough for some goofy sketch. He's not woke enough. Uh, he's not woke enough. Yeah. I believe, and it's ironic that his company is Tesla, because I think since Nikolai Tesla, this is the next guy. He is the most brilliant motherfucker uh, that we have. And we're lucky to have him in in this country. And people just can't see it. They just don't see. This guy is fucking brilliant. That design. When you watch those boosters land, dude, it's like a sci-fi movie. You're like, this can't be. And if he just did that. Right, if he just did that. Just did that. (laughs) And then he's like, yeah, we've been taking cargo up. Hey, I'm going to take people up first time beautiful second yeah. time they bring the first people back the yeah. guys are sitting in a ship that you know it's not like apollo where they're fucking like eh. they've got leg room <laughs> there's fucking flat screens in front of them it's like they're fucking on jet blue yeah and, and 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 these things are work impeccably they're all autonomous by the way and it's funny when you they show the interior of this the capsule You'll see the guys sitting, and, and they're pressing buttons on the flat screen, and all you see change are the camera angles. Like, they're not going, oh, well, how much Delta V do we need to get up there? It's all programmed. The ship flies itself. It docks itself. Yeah. You don't see fucking, you know, Michael Collins l- trying to dock with the lunar module and Buzz no. Aldrin. That fucking ship knows what it's doing. The technology that that Elon Musk not only created – But incorporated into space travel is making it like it was supposed to be. Our vision of the future were these autonomous ships where you could just sit there and it will do the work for you. And when they open that door and the guys in the space station are like, hey, they shake hands. You're like, that's the fucking future.
1: Now remove him from the picture. And you have none of this. None of it! He is the common it's denominator with electric cars, with that, with boring right. tunnels under the earth to eliminate traffic problems. Exactly.
3: With Without Von Braun, you wouldn't have had the Apollo yeah. program. Uh, you wouldn't have the atom bomb without and guess fucking- what
1: if you just told him Elon We really need you to fix this plastic in the ocean problem. like hmm, plastic in the ocean. How do we get it out? And next thing you know, he's fucking <laughs> figuring that out. It's like we have a, a problem with too much carbon in the atmosphere Oh, it'll suck it uh-huh. out of the atmosphere. Yeah, I can uh, do that. Build a filter. Mm. I oh, hold a on, filter. hold on. <laughs> <please. laughs> next thing you know, he's got a fucking gigantic filter sucking carbon out of the
3: atmosphere. <laughs> he's such a weird dude like, like he seems now you obviously sat here cause the picture is fucking famous of him smoking a joint. Yeah. Uh, does he seem
1: like he's an alien, a, an alien, he right? He seems like an alien. But for me, cause I'm Isn't a chimp. fucked up? When I'm talking <laughs> to him, I'm like, huh? Like I'm for sure his dumbest friend. There's no question. There's no question. <laughs>
3: oh shit. Yeah. Oh, that's funny, man. Uh, yeah, he's one of those guys, one of those one in a million where you had, you know, Da Vinci yeah. and, and, and uh, Tesla and all these people that advanced, had this, you know, we, we advance as humans, technologically especially, and then we have these jumps. Yeah. And he's one of those people that inspired and, and was behind one of these big jumps technologically. I, I never thought we'd have a chance of going to Mars like it always seemed like all right i know about the apollo program and everything and the the, the limitations of it from growing up I was very interested in the space program as a kid still am now but he's the one that made you go oh all right that makes sense yeah i guess i guess we can at some point he's got these plans it's this weird yeah you know talk about out of the box thinking that fucker's brilliant
1: yeah i I always say that if evolution is a real thing, that guy's way ahead of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's some new different thing. <laughs> yeah, and that's what people are going to be. Well, not only that, I forgot about Neuralink. When we were talking oh, about, right. we were talking about reading each other's Fuck, minds. Yeah. One of the things he said to me the last podcast we did was like, "You're going to be able to talk without words." I was like, "What?" <laughs> And that's what he's ultimately thinking, the progression of Neuralink, when he extrapolates, when he takes it from where it is now to what it's eventually going to be with innovation and time and continual yeah. improvements and updates. You're going to have the ability to communicate without words. This is what I'm getting to where I think, and I don't want it to be that, it. but I think that that might be our savior, that our, our savior might be something that conveys intent pure. Instead of like manipulative words and – because what we're dealing with a lot today with a lot of the problems that we have is people manipulating truth with narrative and words and the way they fuck with the truth. That's going to be eliminated if you can actually see how a person's perceiving and thinking about things. Interesting.
3: Would, but wouldn't that take things like people's ability and talent of persuasion away? Mm-hmm. Like like there's yeah. a – you know p- salespeople are very good at what they do because they know how to –
1: Manipulate, right? But then when you're sitting there with some piece of shit that you shit in a bought, because some <laughs> jackass is really smooth, talking to buying you it, you're like, like fuck like
3: Gary Glenn Ross. He got me,
1: right? <laughs> he got me. Coffee's for closers.
3: But if you knew instantly, yeah, like, uh.
1: well, that's the problem with drug commercials, right? Yeah. Like when you see those drug commercials, Constant, you yeah. you could be that girl spinning in a field of wheat, all happy, instead of just shitting your brains out all day. Why <laughs> like, you could be that girl, right? they just right. try ask your doctor about blah, blah, blah. Like, oh. How many people
3: end up like the positive image Very in few. those commercials and not the laundry list of, of side effects? Side effects, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, one of my favorite ones, it's for uh, schizophrenia. Uh, and I'm watching this commercial and I'm just laughing. It's a woman, she she's gets out of her car and she looks over at a family walking to a, an ice cream truck thing or an ice cream stand in a park. And, and and she sees the ice cream guy, like, fiddling with the ice cream. And then he t- takes a camera and just starts taking <laughs> pictures of her. And then it flashes back to him just giving a cone to the kid. I'm like, holy fuck! Is that happening with Seville? It's a
1: weird commercial. But she's
3: pretty and put together... It's like and then she meets other schizophrenics and talks to them about it and then they're all sitting at a table in a restaurant eating talking about this medication and how it helps and I'm sitting there thinking are those other people really there? <laughs> like maybe she's just fucking rambling <laughs> to alone her shitting fucking her pants yeah
1: yeah, yeah. Oh god! Yeah, she's
3: all fucking red. She looks all pretty in the commercial and then she's just a mess fucking she's shitting
1: herself Well, it's not the right solution, right? The the right solution is not like (laughs) you watch a commercial and now you have to talk to your doctor to deal with all your problems But this is what the problem with selling pharmaceutical interventions is. You're selling it Like you've got music and imagery and everything looks positive and amazing And we're one of only two countries in the whole world that allows that the only two countries... Crazy, right? The United States and, and New Zealand are the only countries that allow you to advertise drugs.
3: Yeah. The, it's getting bad, too, because the, the song Magic from Pilot came on the radio, and I'm like, Oh, 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 Santic. I don't even sing the fucking real words. I'm singing the drug name. <laughs> what is Ocantic? What is that? I do? don't know. I just know the song. No one knows what the drugs are by <laughs> just that. It's probably some arthritis thing. And then Cyndi Lauper talking about her psoriasis and oh. fucking i i've been one year clear
1: that's what oh, cindy Lauper was saying yeah yeah, yeah she's
3: yeah, you, doing drug commercials you know what apparently
1: works really good for psoriasis the carnivore diet
3: oh yeah yeah
1: yeah my that's friend chad thing, mendez that... uh he uh, is a fighter he fought for the ufc and now he runs uh he's got a hunting guide company and he makes like freeze-dried foods and shit he uh go to chad mendez's uh instagram page this is really important for people because if you have and i'm not saying this is going to work for you but he has pretty bad psoriasis. It's been a real issue for Chad, like most of his life. And he got on this carnivore diet, and within like four weeks, his psoriasis radically reduced itself. Is there
3: science behind it that you could say it's, it's why? It's elimination like, diet. Or...
1: This is why, because whatever it is, I mean, the the, w- the way elimination diets work is you try to find out what's fucking with you. You may have some. So this is what his leg like, oh used to be. Oh my god! Right now, but look, go further. So this is, he's showing before and after. Now look at it now. Oh, wow. How incredible is that? And that's just from? Just from Carnivore Diet. Carnivore Diet. So it says here, okay guys, here's a little update to my psoriasis. While on the Carnivore Diet, the first pics were taken when I started the diet in March 1st. We're almost two months in, and this is what my legs currently oh. look like. The crazy thing is I've been told by two different dermatologists that diet has no effect on psoriasis. He says, I feel great and getting lean as well. I wonder how I would have felt during my athletic career, anyone uh-huh. else having great success with this. I know several wow. people that have had issues with autoimmune diseases like psoriasis that have dealt with it through these elimination diets. Yeah. So whatever it is that you're allergic to. For some people, it just might be sugar, it might be grains. who knows what it is but yeah. for him, knocking it all down to one thing where your body only processes one kind of food, which is like mostly red meat, cured all that issue with him.
3: It's so weird because over the course of the years we've only heard that that is dangerous right Oh, it's cholesterol or you know but whatever you know else why you that, right? gout. Do you know I the
1: don't... whole conspiracy behind that? No oh this is amazing. The sugar industry. <laughs> bribed scientists in the 1960s to lie and to fuck with their, their, their studies to show that it was saturated fat that was causing all these problems with obesity and heart disease instead of sugar. So it was oh, literally, bri- and it wasn't even that much of a bribe. They bribed these guys, but like, they gave them like $50,000. And these guys come a cheap crazy. bribe. But this is like from the 1960s, and this was all in the New York Times. They were detailing how this had happened, that they lied about <clears throat> fat, which is like, if you are a person that lives in like an indigenous tribe, fat is extremely valuable. If you have a subsistence lifestyle, oh, yeah, fat yeah. is everything. It's fuel. It's like it's important for brain function, for health, like that gives you energy. Like there's a thing called rabbit starvation, and it's like if you only eat lean meat only with no fat, you literally starve. Like it's terrible yeah, for yeah. you. You need fat. So this idea that saturated fat, like fat from animal products is bad for you is Fucking lies. It's nonsense. It's literally been the thing that people have been eating. People, oh, bread, meat's bad for you. Meat is bad for you. Yeah. Meat is what 95% of the world eats. They've been eating it for the entire time. People have been people. Yeah. In fact, there's a real argument that eating meat is what made people people. <laughs> really? Yeah, there's a real argument that the, the growth and doubling of the human brain size was directly coordinated with people learning how to cook meat and learning how to eat meat over fire, having more access to proteins, and then also the the the, the devious skills involved in like hunting and chasing animals, that we had to get smarter and more calculated. Oh, absolutely. That yeah. makes
3: perfect sense. What about the omnivore thing? If it's not a, a, a deal where you know, you're know you getting rid of psoriasis by just eating meat, is it healthier to just eat meat or if you you know have some vegetables in I there? I don't think there's anything wrong thing.
1: with vegetables. I eat vegetables. I, I love vegetables. I love salads. And I don't have any health problems from doing it. But I do notice that for me at least, when I'm eating breads and pastas, I feel like shit. Yeah. But I love them. I have a real fucking problem. They're too goddamn so good. good. I, lasagna, a every, nice lasagna.
3: Oh, ah, God, cheesy so fucking good. pasta mess. Big, oh yeah, big fucking, oh. Noodles.
1: Oh, I <laughs> big I fucking noodles. I love it. I it love it. I love it. It really pasta. is.
3: Sugars are apparently like the the, it's the, worst the thing deadliest, most horrible thing you could fucking. You're supposed
1: consume. to get sugar from an orange. That's yeah, how you're yeah. supposed to get your sugar, yeah. because it's got fiber and it's got vitamins, and it's supposed to be like a trick. There's a there's a trade off in nature. You eat the uh, the orange, you shit out the seeds. Your shit fertilizes the seeds. The seeds grow more orange trees. Circle this life. is the this yeah. is the deal that nature has made with animals. Right. That's why seeds, when these delicious fruits are in the center. Okay? You're eating all this delicious food and then you get to the seed and a a good percentage of it you shit out and that is what grows trees. It's It's a bargain. It's like the apple's not going to grow itself yeah. j- with just the seed. It needs some fertilizer, and it needs to be delicious in order for you to consume it. Needs it needs to be taken to, away this, yeah.
3: also from the tree. There's
1: these cycles that have, like, why the fuck do bees pollinate plants? Why do they do that? How does that work? I don't know, but they do. There's a <laughs> it's trick. It's their job. But this is like, it yeah. all works together. There's like, there's all, there's this is like a system <laughs> that works together, and that's how you're supposed to get your sugar. You're supposed to get your sugar from these delicious sources that are actually good for you right but then when you can get it from a spoon and you can just spoon sugar into your fat face like ah and it's
3: addicting it's yeah. it's an addictive substance i mean people get addicted to sweets and sugar
1: because it hijacks your reward system the same way yes. video games it hijacks you this good your reward system for solving puzzles uh-huh. and going yeah. out and dealing yeah. things and the same yeah. way a, a fucking action movie hijacks your reward systems for like surviving and <laughs> kicking ass. It's fucked up, right? yeah. Sugar hijacks Dude. all of your reward systems that think that you're supposed to get fat because you're trying to you know stave off a famine.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: God, that's so fucked up. It's weird. But you look at what Chad did with just eating only meat, and it's pretty incredible. And I, you know, I'm not recommending that to everybody, or eat. But I, you know, I know a lot of people that do it. That's how they eat, and yeah, They're yeah. pretty fucking healthy. Again, Jordan Peterson, I guess, yeah. uh, Michaela, his daughter. Yeah. Meat diet. Well, she had an issue as well. She had autoimmune disorders uh, Mm. in terms of uh, arthritis, like severe arthritis. Yeah. And she cured all of that with no medication by just eating meat. So clearly, that something about whether it's sugar or what are the other foods that she was eating was fucking with her body. And it's unusual. Like for most people, they're pretty fine with these things. But here's the thing not optimal. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, you're like, oh, you're fine with a balanced diet. Are you fine? But you're not optimal. What's optimal? Like, what does that mean? That means your liver and all these these processes your body has to filter out shit are doing a good job. But you're still putting shit in your body, and you say, "Well, I'm fine with this shit in my body." But are you? Uh huh. You're not optimal. It, it. I think it's
3: quite amazing, especially in the United States, but worldwide if you think about it. But United States, that we have the capability of feeding. 300 and what 30 are we at yeah. something like that I think million, 350 million now. people right, this is 350? 350, Did you it 350 350 figure out the other day some around there and and you know we talk about hunger we talk about starvation and hunger and stuff but when you think about it you're never driving down the road and you see a fucking vulture flying over a, a little kid that starved to death on the side of the road right. everyone in this country has the ability to survive there's enough food in this country where people aren't starving to death now every time i say this people say well there's hunger and people are they're not getting the nutrition i go i I get it but we're not starving to death and to me that's amazing and then you look at what it is uh i I talk about the chicken holocaust that goes on on a daily basis how many fucking chickens have to die every day when you get wings and, and chicken legs for party. Every two of those is one chicken. I know. <laughs> and you're there going like this. Only every two. That was a chicken. And you might leave four or five of them because right. you're, you're full. And and Super Bowl Sunday, you think you're the only person with a stack of chicken? How many of those? And they got to be somewhere. They got to be slaughtered. They got to be – and then hatched and raised. To me, that is one of the most amazing things in this country is how people are fed uh, in such vast fucking numbers,
1: it is amazing. Not here is another amazing crazy. Thing. We're we've gotten so weird that our poor people are fat, <laughs> right? We talk Wealthy about that all people the time. Stay pretty lean. Yeah, yeah, because they eat correct. We are eat, eating wise.
3: I I I often thought about um, what American refugees would look like because you watch refugees from all around the world. You know, you got Kurds that have to move north because people are coming in and they're just emaciated and wearing rags and things. And like if anything happened, God forbid, where Americans were refugees and had to flee to Canada or Mexico or something,
1: it would be the fattest... (laughs) line of refugees <laughs> we have 70 percent of our people are obese obese yeah isn't that the Fucking number is that correct crazy Was that
0: uh, i think so i was just looking at the number of wings that people ate on super bowl sunday oh my god oh my what god is the number? how many chickens it, it's up to from the year before but it's up to one and a half billion wings on sunday on, on super bowl sunday
1: oh i'm gonna say god. it's one day so that's <laughs> that's so it's one and a half. So it's seven hundred and fifty million chickens, chickens on Sunday for one wings. day. So, so double the population of the whole country <laughs> of chickens. And chickens die in a day. Where do you put them? Like I, I assume in oh, the middle of the bin? country somewhere, yeah.
3: there are fucking. Barns just full of chickens for acres for miles, they
1: are, and they and pigs too. And that's
3: not including pigs and cows and everything else that we need to eat. When people say we got to get rid of like cows, oh, cows are causing climate change and the methane, whatever. What are you fucking gonna replace that with? Do you understand? That's why people aren't starving. Is we've become so efficient at fucking murdering animals and eating them.
1: It's horrific. You can't just yeah. all of a
3: sudden grow fucking, uh, you know, some kind of soy and feed everybody. It's well, just it's not the business work. model
1: that made cities right because these people aren't growing anything. Right. You live in Los Angeles. So no one's growing anything but weed. Yeah. Right? You have like this gigantic population of people, and yep. there's no farms. They don't even have their own fucking water, dude. They don't have their own water. Own water is like
3: imperative. It's yeah. air yeah. and then water. How long you'll last without air and then water? And it's like they don't even have their own water source. If some catastrophe happened, all of fucking at least Southern California – is just gonna die of thirst. Well,
1: I had a bit about this because I was ta- when I was talking about putting people on Mars and that, uh, you know, they were like, you know, we have to, there's, we're running out of water in California. We have climate change. Like we're right next to the fucking ocean. Yeah. Are you telling me it's easier to go to another planet than to suck the salt out of the water? <laughs> desalinate you got bucket. literally three quarters of the earth is yeah, covered yeah. in fucking water. Get the fucking salt out of the water yeah. and fix this. This is the dumbest way to fix it ever. We need to go to another planet. Do we? Do we really? (laughs) Look at all that fucking water! And the sun
3: can power the evaporation to desalinate water. It's not like you need these complex... The the complex plants do it faster and at a bigger uh, capacity. Yes. But literally, the sun, evaporating salt water, will evaporate away and condense into fresh water. Yeah. So it's not something... You know, that is uh, unheard of in in the science community.
1: But you can desalinate water pretty efficiently now. And if they just kept innovating in that regard, I mean, think about the amount of money we spend on all kinds of things. Yeah. just How about just foreign wars? Just take a good percentage of that money that goes to the military industrial complex and suck the salt out of the water. Suck the salt out of the water. We have so many problems solved. Like California just today went into a state of drought. Uh-huh. There's drought in California, which to me is, I, I feel for you, my California friends, but it's hilarious because it rains here all the time and everything's so green. It's so lush. I love living here. It's green. It rains all the time. It's green. It's beautiful. That's how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to live in a place where it rains. Are you loving living here love instead it. of California? I love it here. Since I've been here, I've been yeah. given 12 guns. 12. Oh, given. 12. Given. Given. 12 guns. Welcome awesome. to Texas. Here's a gun. Dude,
3: my house is in contract. I just fucking signed the, the contract. I'm waiting for the, the you people going? to get there. I'm going to South fucking Carolina. South Carolina is a good Another spot. great gun gun state. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know. The, the Nice people, too. The taxes in New York. Oh, yeah. And I hear about Austin a lot when people go, these motherfuckers are coming from California. Fucking Rogan's going to vote for these fuckers. <laughs> and they're getting pissed that they play pl- red... Traditionally, red states are going to turn blue. Uh, New York is one of those places, though, between Cuomo and de Blasio, the mayor of New York City, uh, uh, de Blasio, is the worst mayor in the history of mayors, in the history of mayors. This guy is running a city that is just fucked with crime, uh, unemployment. Shit is shut down. I don't know when they think they're going to shut this COVID shutdown switch off and everything opens back up. Every day I walk from Penn Station, uh, 34th Street, to my studio on 35th Street. It's one block. The horrors I witness in a one block walk, people shitting on the sidewalk, heroin addicts are just hunched over doing that fucking rock thing. How much has it changed in the last year? Huge, dude. Huge. Huge. Like we were living in a city that was kind of had it together. The police were doing their jobs. Now the cops don't even want to fuck around because they don't want to. get. They don't want everything they do is a potential not even you know, when you're a cop, you talk to a lot of cops. They sign on to know they're going to be shot at at some point and they're okay with that. They're literally okay with people shooting at them. What they didn't sign up for is spending the rest of their life in prison.
1: Yeah, and then like the that's civil lawsuits the thing. now too.
3: Civil lawsuits. They've taken away uh their protection so now any person that is interacting with the cop can now sue them personally. Always the city would get sued. Oh, this cop did this to me and they'd settle out for a million bucks and, you know, uh that would that would end it. But now they could go after the cop. So you're destroying these people's lives, they're accused of atrocities that uh, rarely happen, and it's it's a shame because people go, well, just go to court, and that that destroys your life. People think court is like an episode of Perry Mason, an hour, and you're done. Like The idea of, of getting a lawyer, the time it takes to, to go to court every day for months, sometimes years, depending on what it is, it destroys your life. And again, like I said, they, they sign on for these dangers that they knew was part of the job. But this has just gotten to the point where these cops are going, I leave in the precinct. If a call comes in, I'll five mile an hour it and clean up the mess after. Oof. Why would I bother injecting myself in a situation that I know is like fucking Rathakon Kobayashi Maru? There's the no-win scenario. You're going in there and anything you do. Is going to affect you negatively.
1: Now, there's two different people that are running for mayor now, right? That are in Mm -hmm. the forefront. You got Andrew Yang, and then there's that other guy.
3: Yang, uh, yeah, the the black dude, the cop,
1: the guy who carries, yeah, yeah, carries a gun, pro police. What was his What was his previous job?
3: He was a a cop in in New York City, yeah. And he
1: is a guy that wants to clean things up. Yeah, he's tired of the crime. He's tired of the fucking. uh, uh, What is his name?
3: I can't remember his goddamn name. I'm sure your producer will kick Jamie that will
1: up find quick. it. But this guy He's, is becoming increasingly popular because a lot of people are, oh, yeah. are agreeing with him.
3: They're tired of it. Here's the thing with Here New York, is. though, too. This guy's a Democrat. Oh, there's a
1: debate tonight?
3: Eric Adams. Eric Adams. He's a Democrat, but like you'll never get another Republican mayor. Giuliani was it. New York is so fucked with uh, people that have come in and just can't get it out of their head that they need a, a Democratic Uh, Mayor
1: can't there be a pro-police Democrat? Well, that's him. That's so. That's what you need. Yeah, yeah. You need. He's got a good chance. A law and order. Right. Keep keep it together. Let's clean up the streets. Democrat. Exactly. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think he's that guy. And you're gonna get the fuck out of there. I'm out. I am fucking done. I'm done, dude. The taxes I pay out on Long Island are insane. And for nothing. If I fucking drove my car out and had to back onto a golden street and every <laughs> stop sign, a fucking beautiful girl would suck my dick. and fucking, <laughs> I would be like, all right, I see why the taxes are so high. What is the taxes at now? You're getting nothing. My, between my school taxes, because even if you don't have kids, you got to pay your school tax, and my property tax, mine is $65,000 a year. I pay in property taxes in Roslyn, Long Island. What
1: is the um, the percentage of your income you have to pay when you live in New York State between... Oh, now? Pfft. Well, just income tax? Yeah. And if you make more money, you pay more, right? Oh, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't a situation where I think someone said that the top 1% of earners in New York City pay 50% of the taxes? Yeah.
3: And then Trump fucked us by not letting us deduct our state income tax from our federal. So you used to be able to take your state income tax and write it off when you filed your federal. You bring your taxable income down because you gave that to the New York state. Right. Now, is a number. Once you hit that number, all the rest is part of your fucking income.
1: So they just figure, look, you're you're a guy who's a go-getter. You're going to keep go-getting. Fuck
3: yep. you, pay me. Pay me. Fuck, Fuck you, pay, pay me. me. And now they're trying something because they know everyone's leaving. A lot of people are going to Florida. Where they're trying to get some kind of a retroactive tax that will be enacted for a couple of years even after you leave. You'll still have to pay. California
1: proposed that too. 10 years. It's like, how the fuck?
3: First of all, it's like, remember pay phones in the old days when the phone would ring when you're done and they go, please deposit 25 cents for the last three minutes.
1: No one put that in. It would ring. Remember that? It would ring. You're like, who's this?
3: Please deposit. Fuck off. That's (laughs) how I'm treating New York State. If they ask me for a dime, come down to South Carolina and get me. Well, it's gotta come down be constitutional, isn't it? It it's must be. Gotta be. It has to be. It's gotta be. The revolution started for a lot less.
1: Now, do you wonder if you're in North uh, South Carolina about getting guests? Is it more difficult to get guests?
3: The thing COVID has done is made uh, Zoom guests a lot more acceptable than it used to be. Yeah. I used to sit there and go like oh motherfucker, uh, are they coming in live or is it Zoom? Oh it's Zoom. I'm be like ah fuck right. Now it's kind of become a thing that people don't really mind as much Also I'm keeping a, a small place up in New York and I'm keeping the studio so if I have a guest that can only make it in New York and th- it's a good guest that I want, I'll just fly up and do it from the studios it's up there. It's probably a
1: quick flight too right? Yeah,
3: Yeah, it's three hours so it's nothing I'll just stay yeah. overnight, hang out you know, make sure they're all fucking working up there. Maybe bang a My few guys. of them out there.
1: Bang right. a few. And yeah. you, you're, you're still, Compound Media is like you have uh, a network. Yeah, yeah. Right? And how many shows do you have?
3: I have, uh, what is it, about eight shows Is now. that a pain
1: in the ass? Mm, it can be bit, at times. A I, have,
3: I have uh I have some really funny shows on there. It's Aaron Berg and Gino Bisconti do In Hot Water. Uh, they're like our, our midday show. And uh, I listen to them, and and I go like, oh, fuck. Oh, no, that's bad. <laughs> oh, no, don't say that. Don't do that. They get me to go like, uh-oh. I'll read on Twitter. I'll be like, oh, fuck, what is Aaron and Gino doing? And I'll be like, oh, no, what are they doing? And, like, I don't know, they're showing Gay scat porn or something. One day just showing and, it.
1: Yeah, you like, can do that. Well, I guess you can, right? Do it because, whatever the fuck I want. It's not. It's a private platform. It's a
3: private platform. It's not. That's why I have it this way. I knew damn well if I just opened it up, I'd end up like you know. Even Crowder, he's got deplatformed. Everyone gets deplatformed for some reason when you're behind a paywall. They just don't fuck with you as much. They well, figure. What
1: could they do? What could they do to you at this point?
3: The only thing that could really be done is way down the line, someone down the line that owns the fucking insulators on the telephone poles will say, I don't want his voice going around my insulator. Well, it could be (laughs) an
1: issue with the internet provider or the- uh, Yeah, it's
3: always shit like that. But again, they understand the pay platform part of it. Mm. Like they take that into consideration that we're not just popping this out for anyone
1: to see. Right. You paid for it. You want to see it. And how much do they pay? How much do how much does it cost to oh, join like Compound Media?
3: Oh, it's uh nine nine ninety-five for a month, but it's like uh eight dollars for the year. We have like discount like that. Oh, nice and it's uh but there's a fuckload of shows. We have all of the uh, shows archived so you could see shit when Artie Lang was my co host. Oh that's which right. is insane. The Artie, Artie and Anthony was... show lasted for nine months.
1: Holy, Holy was that, shit. That, that was when Artie was in the... Thro- How is Dude. he now? Because he's, he's been MIA.
3: He's been MIA because he's down in Florida. I heard he's living with his mom, who is like, they are keeping him clean. I mean... What is he doing in Florida? Pissing in a cup every week to make sure he's not doing drugs. I, I think he's on some kind of um, conditional release from the last trouble he had oh. where he has to stay clean.
1: But... Why is he not performing or doing something dude? It's the worst so thing he could good. do. He that was the problem. He got out of
3: rehab, so many rehabs, and he would go right back to the stage and you know people yeah. already here fucking is a bump. take something for you, yeah. fucking yeah. Oh. You're you're going to the worst place comedy clubs. You're already Lang in in a comedy club. It's yeah. the worst fucking scenario.
1: I get that, but he's such a treasure, like, dude. I, I know he, he it did really my podcast is. when he was super clean. Oh. He was clean and healthy. He'd been clean for over a year, and he was amazing. He's
3: one of the funniest motherfuckers yeah. you'll ever sit down a, and a, bullshit It was with. an
1: amazing show. It, but was it was so fun.
3: It was so funny. It was just like uh, I'm not gonna make it in today. He wouldn't even say that. He just wouldn't show up. He um, he used to have a hotel. Uh, he'd get a hotel room close to the studio uh, at a hotel that's no longer there. And um, the hotel owner came to Keith, who was uh, running uh, Compact Media for a while, and said, uh, we, can't, we can't have him in here anymore. Wow. And it's like, well, what happened? He goes, w- the maid walked in. There was blood all over the room, (laughs) like everywhere. It looked like a murder scene. I guess his nose was bleeding
1: and stuff. Oh, God.
3: Yeah, yeah. He was a mess. I mean, God bless him. I I really do think and I hope that he continues with his sobriety because he's a, a funny motherfucker. He would be on trashed. And still be the funniest fucking guy in the room.
1: Oh, he's brilliant. Yeah. He's always been brilliant. And he's yep. always been a sweetheart
3: of a guy. The nicest fucking guy.
1: Yeah.
3: And, yeah, it's just that that old demon as- uh, He's got that demon- As they call that it.
1: That demon has got a deep root.
3: Entrenched in in it's him. It's deep. There's yeah. no way he could just casually be around it mm. or anything he needs. And the fucked up thing about being in comedy is you're in a bar. Yeah. You're in a club. Right. You're around people that are doing drugs and stuff. I mean, some of the most successful people that have recovered or in recovery uh, are people that have just cut themselves off from that whole life. Right. They never again walk into a bar, they maybe not never again, but years maybe. Right. And still they're like, er, but you know, when that's your life is walking into a place where people are literally staring at you drinking, it's got to be terrible.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a really difficult temptation yeah. to avoid. But that's what I always said about people that are addicted to food, I imagine, because you yeah. have to eat to live. You have to eat. So you have to like think about how to manage your addiction while you're also sustaining yourself yes. through the very thing that you're addicted to.
3: Yeah, because with alcohol and drugs, it's one of those things where, well, I just Collective. won't do it ever yeah. again. Yeah. And you can. With food, it's like, well, I got to do it. I just can't do as much. Yeah. and. That doesn't work with drugs or alcohol. The second you fucking, you're right back where you were.
1: I just think it sucks that he's not doing something, a podcast or something. I mean, he's. I just... did
3: his last podcast up here when he was clean uh, the last time, and it was awesome. He was funny as fuck. We had a great time. It was a two parter, actually. We went a couple of hours, and that was it. He disappeared after that.
1: Wow. I'm like, what happened? He was doing so well and shit. You know. Well, during the pandemic, I, I like I remember reaching out to some friends. I'm like, "Hey, I, I just got a weird feeling. Like, I haven't heard mm. from Artie. Like, is is anybody heard from Artie? Because I I haven't seen him anywhere, and I thought that was just strange. So I reached yeah. out to some of my friends from New York, and they were like, "Yeah, he's just laying low.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's fucked up. Um, yeah, there are a couple of the comics that are very close with him, uh, and you could get
1: some some updates. But but it's like you don't want to babysit him either, right? You
3: don't want to babysit him. They've done it." Before, I've yeah. had conversations. When, when Artie came on board my show, uh, I went to uh, the, the comedy cellar when the news broke that it was going to be the Artie and Anthony show, and uh, David Tell is on the stairs by the cellar smoking a cigarette, and uh, he goes, oh, so, uh, Artie's on your show, huh? I'm like, yeah, yeah. He goes, ah, welcome to the wonderful world of Artie. The Midnight Calls, the fucking show. I'm like, Remember
1: oh. when DiPaolo and Artie had yes. a show? yeah. You know, like a regular radio show. Yeah, yeah,
3: Nick and, uh, and Artie. And it was funny, but—and uh, Nick had the conversation with me, too. He's like, good luck.
1: Yeah, <laughs> they're very you know. different personalities. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah. I do—Nick comes on my show every Monday. He does— uh, a show with me every Monday, just two angry guineas <laughs> yelling about the world. I
1: just think it's sad. <laughs> Shaking our it's fists. It's sad that Artie's not doing something. Because uh, people love the guy. They do you love it. And that's the fucked up thing. Is like,
3: I've known so many people that have had issues uh, with drugs and alcohol and whatnot uh, in my life. And you give them some time, if they don't come around, you pretty much disown them. And they usually pull such asshole moves and they're liars and what have you. Artie's loved. Yes. Like with everything that has happened, everyone still loves this fucking yeah, guy. For sure. That's why it really does hurt when you're like, ah fuck, man. I want to see him do well and and I want to see him on stage. I I, yeah. I love watching Artie perform. He's one of the quickest motherfuckers. Some of those stern tapes where he is just railing on somebody. Yeah. There's no one better. It's it's so funny, man.
1: No, he's a genius. He's just uh I just I don't know what's the path to be able to perform again.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: Where you're not going to be tempted and where he's healthy enough and strong enough that right. he knows he's like he's on a good path.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's very hard. The already I know, know and knew and was on my show, uh, unfortunately, if I'm going to be honest, I can't picture that guy being able to be well right, and be that. But hopefully— the Artie I haven't seen in the past couple of years now uh, has worked his way into being that person that that can do that.
1: So when he was on your show, it was before his nose had caved in?
3: It was during. It oh, was during. Wow! I watched it happen like a car wreck.
1: What did when you came in? Just, and his nose was enormous and caked with blood. Like what were you thinking?
3: I it was actually so funny. So there was some funny shit that happened. I had Rich Voss on the show one day with Artie. And we're fucking bullshit and laughing. And Artie's nose just started a trickle of blood started coming out. And and I see Voss looking over at him doing the thing where he's like, like that. And I'm like, Rich, we all see it. This isn't wipe a couple of grains of coke away from your nose because you just come out of the bathroom. I like, go, oh, everyone blood. knows Artie's nose is bleeding. Like, is oh, is that it? <laughs> Yeah, look, look. I think that's where he fucking starts doing it.
1: Yeah. Oh God,
3: poor Artie. He and, goes,
1: I know I'm like. And Voss is fucking... clean. Yeah, so, yeah. Voss so, is so odd. He'll
3: he'll he'll let you know he's clean. <laughs> he'll I let you know how long. <laughs>
1: that green screen is such a great move.
3: Yeah, it it works because we have so many different shows, is yeah. what it is. So we're able to put a different background for every show. Uh, and that's kind of why I did it. Once I go down to South Carolina, they're still going to use the green screen up here, but I'm going to have a regular studio built that, like, has a, a dedicated. How did you pick South Carolina?
1: Why did you pick that place?
3: Uh, it it worked out. It wasn't Florida. I didn't want to go to Florida. How come? Uh, Florida has I don't know just a rep. <laughs> it's <laughs> Florida's a little weird, man. Um, it was it was South. Uh, if I'm gonna move somewhere, I'm gonna move somewhere where there's no fucking blizzards and shit. Yeah. I'm gonna move inland a little so there's no hurricanes. I don't have to worry about my house floating away. Uh, the gun laws are great. The taxes are low. I could get a fucking legit compound. Like it just worked out uh, as one. Of, and Did you and the flights quick out? enough where I gotta go up there. My I told my family that I'm going down there, and my sister who is nothing like me and my brother. She is. Dawn, she is fucking mismotivation. She's always had great jobs. She's supervisors at the companies she works at. She gets recruited from people where she's got to leave one job to go to a better one. And that. And she goes, oh, South Carolina. Bam, boom, bang, bomb." she's fucking down there. Sold her house, bought a house, bought an apartment that she's now doing Airbnb with. Uh, had a job waiting for her down there with the company that she, she was with. Her kid is now going to school without a fucking mask. There, like she goes, this is great. Myrtle Beach is where she went. I don't want to go to Myrtle Beach, but that's more her her style. Uh, so after my house is sold, What's go wrong down there, with Myrtle Beach? visit her. I don't know. It's a little too um, touristy. Ah, okay. I I need somewhere where I don't want to have to go too far before I could just start firing guns. <laughs> I need some woods. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get some land? Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I haven't even scouted out oh, where really? I want to go yet. I'm gonna get a realtor, uh, scout out some areas, and and you know tell them what I'm looking for. But don't and, you
1: want to like make sure that you like the area, like the people, and get I along with them?
3: Don't really like the people I'm with now. Like I <laughs> I live in Roslyn. I don't really cohort with my neighbors. They've seen enough, you know. Police cars and fucking media in front of my door where I don't think they, they're fond of me either. Oh, that's hilarious. But uh, there's a couple of neighbors that were pretty cool. One of my neighbors on, on the right-hand side was, was pretty, pretty decent. But the cops would constantly, years ago, that house was just party central about 10 years ago. And the Nassau County cops would pull up all the time when I'd have parties in the back. Anthony, hey, what's up? you got to turn it down. He goes, well, we drove always around. been
1: real pro-cop. Oh yeah, Which yeah. Helps. They know.
3: They fucking. Yeah. They're awesome. And they go, yeah. We drove. We got a complaint. We drove around with the windows down, and we did hear it. So if you could turn it down. And they, the girls, noise topless, complaint? naked girls would come out of the pools and grab the Cosby, like, "Hi, what are you doing?" And they're like laughing their asses off. So every progressive instance of a noise complaint. Another car shows up. By the end, there were literally like five cars and 10 cops would come in the back. Hey, what's up, guys? What's up? Naked girls. <laughs> they loved
1: it. They fucking loved it. That's hilarious. Ridiculous. Yeah. And they, you know, they they just wanted to you know, come back. Reminds me of the scene in John Wick when the cop shows up. Noise complaint. Yeah, noise complaint. And he looks in. He goes, You working again, John? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> dead body <bodies laughs> in the house.
3: <laughs> you working again? <laughs> Yeah that house was uh, great. It's weird when you sell a house because there's a nostalgia yeah. to it but I like,
1: imagine people that are fans would want to buy it.
3: Yeah, I think there there was actually a couple of people. Did you let people know that? Uh, no, nah, I didn't really. Let, I let it's the realtor do the work. Yeah, it's tricky. I don't want people, but I would in think like
1: because you did a lot of upgrades to that house. <laughs> yeah, and made yeah, it. yeah.
3: The whole backyard was yeah. just flat. Now it's you know like a resort, and then the the basement was a cement basement. I put a movie theater in and a studio, legit fucking studio that I would do a compound of karaoke stage, full bar. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, everyone, I had parties there for everything, New Year's Eve, Labor Day, Memorial Day, Fourth of July, my family and friends would come over, just a great fucking, uh, great fucking time, but there were also just horrific times in that house that I'm just like, oh, God. Enough,
1: like, start scratch. Uh,
3: yeah, yeah, you, you, the rose-colored lenses sort of get a yeah. little faded when you think about, uh, oh, that happened, and then that one, and when, um... When my girlfriend found the Canadian girl in the closet. (laughs) You had a
1: girl in a closet? Oh, Oh, no.
3: I was was going out with – this, of course, is in my book, (laughs) permanently suspended. Uh, I was going out with Jill Nicolini. Jill Nicolini was the traffic girl for uh, WPIX in New York. I was in love with this girl. I watched her on TV, the O&A show, we we would do that. The studio you were at, the K-Rock, Howard's old studio. And there were TVs all over. And we would watch WPIX in the morning, and Jill would be in the helicopter doing the traffic. And I'm like, motherfucker, she's hot. Holy shit. So she came over for my birthday. They had invited her over there to our studio to celebrate my birthday. And uh, I asked her out. And, And Keith hooked us up with a great restaurant. Uh, in um, uh, Little Italy and we, we ate there and drank some wine. I went back to her place in Long Island City and dude, it was instantaneous. We we're just fucking making out and all this kind of shit. It was crazy. I had to talk her into sleeping with her. I, I actually used the line, just the tip. I'll just put the no! tip in. Dude, I want it so bad. And then, you know, it never works. Like The, t- the tip doesn't, it goes right to you, right to the balls. You never do just the tip. Even if you said you did, so she uh, she she we became an item. That it was right at the beginning of the summer, and we were they they were calling us Anthelini like oh, the whole God. fucking thing for the whole summer. So we're having this big Labor Day party at my house, and I knew this was going to be a big thing. And and during the summer, I started getting these clues that she was kind of looking for a father for a baby, kind of a thing. And I'm like, yeah, no, I can't see it. She was going to take it a little more serious than I was.
1: You don't want kids ever. No, no.
3: I just, no. I'm not cut out for that kind of lifestyle. So uh, she she plans this big party. And this girl I had been involved with a while back from Canada, Halifax, was uh, down. So she she came in and we're kind of sitting in the jacuzzi. and. Jill kind of noticed some shit was going on, you know, we might have been a little too close. And those bubbles, you hide everything with the fucking jacuzzi bubbles, just grabbing each other's fucking crotches and things. Um, so she, Jill leaves and I go up to my bedroom and, and have some sex with the Canadian girl. Uh, and then I hear the door open and it's Jill. She's come back. So I have these big walk in closets and the Canadian girl just goes into the fucking closet. And I'm I'm laying there. And Jill comes over, and she's like, what's up? I'm like, oh,
1: I oh, just woke up. So I said,
3: oh, no. Dude, she fucking goes down on her knees, pulls the fucking blanket back, and just starts sucking my dick. And then she goes,
1: oh, no. Hmm. Hmm.
3: Yeah. She had, uh.
1: <laughs> she tasted another girl. Oh, my God. Joe, Anthony. like
3: I said, I am a piece of shit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Look at you
3: laughing. She, it's hilarious. She goes to one of the walk-in closets. There's two on either oh, side no. of the wall. And opens it up and looks in and then shuts it. And she's yelling at me about shit. And I'm denying everything, of course. And I'm like, oh, my God. She didn't open the other closet. This is amazing. So she's walking around, kind of yelling at me. And then she looks. And I'm like, oh, fuck. She opens up the other closet. There's like half-dressed Canadian girl who just goes, hey. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that was. It was a rough one. It was bad. She took, um, she left, and then she came back later and, and grabbed all the Canadian girl's clothes and everything, her luggage, threw it in the fire pit and lit it on fire all that was in there with like underwires for bras it was like, like all kinds of, she burnt everything why was she mad at her uh, you know it's hard to get <laughs> i'm charming it's hard to get mad at me oh boy i'm charming he says <laughs> i'm
1: charming Speaking it was of charming. terrible
3: dude this was years ago i've grown as a person
1: you're a changed man
3: i've uh, grown when is your Vulcan shows uh that would be tomorrow and saturday night tomorrow we're also doing after the show is a karaoke uh, thing we're gonna have a uh, bunch of uh, people go in and, so when uh,
1: this airs It'll be that night because this will be this will go out tomorrow. So this will go out tomorrow Okay, Friday. so yeah, so Friday and Friday and Saturday, Saturday night Vulcan at Vulcan. Yeah, and and, uh, uh, and you're gonna come to the Creek in the cave tonight. We'll hang out. Yes, Creek in the, in the cave. cave. I, I, I gotta
3: see I fuck Fuck yeah, Joe. Yeah. I'm looking right. forward
1: to it. I missed you, but <laughs> Well, Good times my friend. We just yeah. did three hours believe it or not. Awesome. It, flew by. it really did and uh, again the reason why I'm doing this, a big part of how this got started, is because of you.
3: I'm honored thank you. hearing that. And, and true. you know what? Uh, you've taken the ball and really fucking run with it, Joe.
1: <laughs> Amazing. Love you. Thank you, brother. I love you, too. All right. Thank you, everybody. Bye.